record while we're doing this. Right. They would, <laughs> just, they would out. probably think it. Yeah, yeah. Believe it or not, it's actually starting to look correct again. Yeah. That's cool. Carl, go ahead Sound and better hit than... us a little bit of music. Just why not? Fuck it, right? Hit me. <laughs> can you hear me? I can't. Yeah, go. we can hear you great. Yeah, I can hear the music. Oh, yeah. Loud and clear. Loud and clear. Can hear that. Crystal clear. And I can turn it up. Like when Ben's singing with it. Spray <laughs> it right up. Rude. <laughs> or if Ben's singing. I can bring it right back <laughs> Sing it, Ben. <laughs> There's no words or text. I don't know the words. That's the fucking way I've felt <laughs> da, 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 for the last indeed. fucking hour. It's so uh, we hope that you're hearing this. We're not going to play it back when we finish up. We're just going to post <laughs> this shit. And if you happen to hear something, welcome aboard. You're sitting at the old oak table mm-hmm. here in the Taylor Park in Oak Hill, Florida. And I'm going to get it right for once. We are recording episode 34 of Taylor Trash Fly Fishing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Ben, Carl, we have a guest we sitting do. at we the do. table tonight. Uh, Mark was unable to meet with us tonight due to some family obligations, which we totally understand. And um, there's quite a few listeners out there, not the kind that have calluses on their hands because they've been gripping oars all summer or whatever it is they've been gripping while they're out there in the middle right. of Alaska with no chicks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brian Floyd is going to help us get probably a little skiffy tonight. Mm-hmm. Brian, like- welcome, man. Thanks for coming down. It's great to be here. The uh, Also, if, if there's anything wrong with the quality of recording, we need you to DM Larry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do personally. Call Please personally. Do. Yeah, that's Salt Bomb on Instagram. Right. Send me a DM. Let me know how the sound quality is, mm-hmm. and I'll make sure to let you know to fuck right on. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, what was it? What were we? What were we told we were the other day? I believe um, we've we've made every effort as a disclosure here mm-hmm. to not be over modulated. That's it during mm-hmm. this episode. Mm-hmm. 
because all I could think about was modular homes. We're not mm-hmm. we're not quite sure what overmodulated is, but um, it wasn't a long paragraph. But by the time I was finished reading it, I was just drooling. Yeah, it's like what are you? Ta- I'm dumber for this. It's yes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was written by a Karen. Yeah. He wanted to talk to the manager. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Excuse me. Can I talk to the manager? It was like this, two sentences this, that should have been meal, like a mile. This meal yeah. is entirely overmodulated. <laughs> I mean, I know I ate it all, but I'd like a refund. <laughs> you didn't have any gray poupon. So, um, gosh, it's actually been... It's been a good week. Three mm-hmm. weeks at least since we recorded one of these shit shows. I think so. Um, and, and for good reason. Um, I know after we did the last one, I went to Boston. Um, oh, that's right. Catch the end of the regular season for the Red Sox and uh, catch up with my boy Ricky P. Uh, last weekend, we... All packed up and drug skiffs up to Charleston for uh, Taylor's Ball, as well as uh, the Bad Fish Redfish Cup. So um, here we are. We've got uh, a few things to talk about uh, regarding our weekend in Charleston. That's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. So um, okay. So in <laughs> Taylor's Ball fashion, yes. Ben and I were texting photos of the inside of the tire shops that we were both separately separately at. stuck at flat tires <laughs> so, to try to get together to leave to go. So we didn't even make it to like the rendezvous, right? To get out of town. Yeah, we we had grand plans of like this big caravan and uh, no, no. well, yeah. that. but you know what? It, it was kind of that vibe. I, I got the vibe well before the day of departure because. <laughs> It was originally you were going to ride with Mark. Correct. And Carl had to wrap up a few things, um, being the uh, Commodore down at the Yacht mm-hmm. Club. Mm-hmm. Correct. And uh, Working on Admiral. Yeah. Yeah. Know. And um, when, when that news broke that uh, you weren't going to be joining Mark, Mark and I made plans. And I was like, this shit, the wheels just came off. Like we are not. <laughs> they literally so, came so off. So figuratively, <laughs> figuratively, I thought uh, the wheels just came off. It's going to be Mark and I in, in Charleston, and then we depart that morning, and then you touched base, and you're like, uh, "Little problem." Well, I, I wouldn't go with little. The donut was little. Mm-hmm. Pathetic. The blowout was the huge. blowout was epic. Yeah. Yeah. It beat I mean, the, we're not it talking beat about the fucking fender issues. off your car. Not only that, it shredded so it's got those it's got like two plugs for the parking light and the headlight. It just ripped the parking light off. So every time I get in my dang car, the thing pops up. It's like, check your right parking light. I'm like, bink, turn that notification off. Please don't send it again. They still do. Um, yeah, so backing up, I didn't want Carl to and I, I don't know how to like politically correct say this. Flake. I didn't want Carl to bail. So instead of riding with Mark, I was like, if I tell Carl I'm riding with him, he's going to feel like a piece of garbage if he fails because he ruined my weekend. Right. But here's here's how that happens. You (laughs) jumped on the the derailed train. Well, (laughs) first off, at this point, I feel like you and I are like family. So I was like, if he's going down, I'm going down with him. Right. 
Um, surprise, I'm the one that went down. <laughs> so I leave my house in Melbourne. Contagious, apparently. Right. No doubt. Um, now, hold on, though. So I had prior, like when, when, when the wheels, like when things are starting to yeah. wobble, okay? When things are starting to wobble, right. the About first report was. Well, Carl can't leave till such and such time. He's got a, you know, he's Which got resp- he's got responsibilities being the Commodore down at the yacht club, and he'll wrap up about this time. That's when we're going to leave, or that's when he's going to leave. And you know, he he was worried about the tires on his truck, but he thinks they're going to be okay. And then you have a blowout, and the next thing I hear is. Carl's getting his tires changed. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. somebody just said, oh, shit. Yeah. Ben, who, yeah. was in, who was in a little four-wheel skate that looked like it yeah. was in good shape, mm-hmm. and you had some kind Great of doubt, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. So so I get to Coco, which is like 20 minutes of the hour I need to get to Carl's house. And I'm driving down the road, and all of a sudden, it's like this. It's just a stone, womp, womp, womp. And before I can think... I should pull over. That doesn't feel right. It was just poof, huge blowout in the center lane. Held it. Got to the side of the road. Changed to the donut in seven minutes. The donut is just like it's so thin. It's like iPhone thin. You're just rolling down on an iPhone and super short. I was like, this just looks stupid. And it says you can go for. It what? was alarmingly small. Don't, I've seen don't, some don't, small. Don't the donuts there. even say on it like do not exceed like fifty five miles? Yeah. yeah. And I yeah. told Carl I wasn't doing more than forty five. And so I was like, my plan was I was like I'm gonna because I wasn't sticking on the highway anymore at that point. So did um, you? So did you like? Okay, so you, you're on I ninety five. You do the yeah. The I get off at NASCAR pit stop in seven NASCAR minutes. pit stop seven minutes. And then did you go to? Um, so discount tire or no, tires I, plus I, I, Tim's Tire Town Emporium <laughs> slash donuts on the weekends. I was my original plan, stupid as it may be, was like I don't know where I'm gonna go get a tire, but I knew Carl was like I'm gonna take yours as a omen. I'm gonna go get something mm-hmm. at this place. I was like, well, I'm gonna get to your house. We'll take the rim off. We'll both go get tires. We'll just have them put one on mine and then we'll swap it back. Like we'll just. Actually, moreover, I was just going to leave it in the truck at the shop, throw it in the shop, put up the skiff, and just pick up my tire on the way back into town on Sunday, and then just change my tire at Carl's house from the donut to the real one. And as I'm driving there, I pass a Gatto's. So I pull on, I was like, look, dude. He's like, what can I What can I do for you? We're kind of busy today. I was like, uh, my tire blew out on the highway. Uh, you're not that busy. Right. He's like, yeah, cool. Uh, there's like two guys in front of you. So it took three hours to get a tire. Um, he's like, yeah, this, this thing's falling apart. He's like, he's wearing a pillow. He's like, I even went out there to go change your tire myself because it was taking him forever. He's like, oh, we don't even have the tire I was going to sell you. I was like, great. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else? I was like, yeah, yeah. And he like he hooked me up. It was like 50 bucks to get a new tire instead of 100 and something, which is pretty cool. Uh, the dog sat in the car in the air conditioning chilling the whole time like he owned the place. <laughs> Uh, and then I made it to Carl's only, I think, about four hours behind my intended arrival time. So all in all, not too bad. Right. I think we showed up to Charleston at... We got in at 1 a.m. 1 a.m. Well, you know, it, it was an interesting... On Saturday, not the Friday we intended to get there. It was an interesting... Or no, Friday, Friday, not Thursday. Yeah. Story of adversity mm-hmm. um, for the entire weekend. Uh, certainly not the physical adversity that you guys... Um, Experience, but my friend Bill, 
um, he was flying in from Texas, uh, from Dallas. And when we stopped, um, when we rolled into town, we got in town one thirty, two o'clock, something like that. And uh, Puckett... And that's, that's and the that's the one thirty twelve hours before our one thirty. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so so Ben Young and Mr. Puckett were anybody want to guess headed to lunch where mm. home team we go to home home team. team. Mm-hmm. So we rolled straight into home team, and uh, when we came in, first thing Paul says to me is, "Hey, did you get Bill's email?" I was like. I don't do email on the phone, so I haven't I haven't seen an email. What's going on? He's like, well, apparently his phone took a shit, so the last thing he did before he left the house this morning was sent you and I an email that now that his phone's not working, he's going to not be able to take an Uber, so he's okay because he can get a cab at the airport. He's not sure what room he'll be in in the hotel and he's not sure what room you're in so you need to call his hotel and leave a message so i'm like okay cool i can handle that so after lunch we go and check into our hotel and i call next door and literally the two hotels are next door to each other so like this is like doing stuff that like today's Mm -hmm. flat bill crowd would not even (laughs) fathom that you do. There was. I called next door and I yeah. said, "Hey, good afternoon. I'm staying next door, and a guest that's going to be staying at your establishment. His name is Bill Costanza. You should have a reservation for him. I would like to leave a message so that when he checks in, you can let him know that his friend Larry is next door mm-hmm. in room blah blah blah. And they're like, "Oh yes, no problem. You're the second person that has called to do this today." And I said, "Okay, cool." They were and that was Paul. Because they that was Paul. They and don't remember 91. They were born in 91. Exactly. So they don't know that. Yeah. yeah. Paul's they don't like, even know what a briefcase y'all, y'all is. You know Bill Costanza staying there? Yeah. So we leave a message, and um, a few hours later, we're hanging out. We're getting ready to go to Lewis mm-hmm. for barbecue for dinner. Because, I mean, if you had barbecue for lunch, mm-hmm. might as well have barbecue for dinner. And Chaser. Mm-hmm. Phone rings in the room. It's Bill Costanza. We're like, hey, dude, come on over. We're getting our head down. And uh, Bill explains that what happened was technology. The last thing his lovely bride did the night before he was departing was, hey, Bill, Apple says you need to update your phone. I went ahead and hit update for you. Well, when he tried to turn the phone back on, the phone wouldn't work. The update was too much for mm-hmm. his older phone. I'm just saying my Android mm-hmm. never did that. Mm-hmm. So it just wouldn't do the update. <laughs> the following morning, like the weirdest, like, and so Bill's last name is Costanza. Like George Costanza from Seinfeld. Seinfeld. And I call next door, because I know Bill's already checked in there. He got the message new to, you know, I mean, I know he's Hell, I ate dinner with him, right? And I call over and I say, hey, can you connect me to Bill Costanza's room? And they're like, can you spell that? And I'm like, uh, K, you know, like, and they're like, nope. I'm like, uh, try it with a C. And they're like, there's no Bill Costanza staying in our hotel. I said, well, I know for a fact you're wrong. So you're, you're going to need to figure this out. <laughs> Let me speak you, with the manager. You need, no, I said, <laughs> you need it. And she's like, sir, I've spelled Costanza with a K and with a C. The way that you're spelling it, there's no guest here. And like it's like 
Larry? I'm like, Bill, did they just transfer me? He's like, no, I was down here getting a cup of coffee, and I heard her say my name three times, so I just walked over here and took the phone away from her. It's like saying Beetlejuice three times, looking into a mirror. Yeah, and, and, and you can hear her like in the background, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he's like, all right, I'll be right over. But like, how crazy is that? The, like, mm-hmm. the front desk lady was like ready to fist fight me over the phone <laughs> that there was no guest, and he was like, this is Bill. Yeah, hey, it's Bill. <laughs> that was the first time I heard like a hard line phone ring in a while. Uh-huh. I don't have one in my house. Right. I mean, office ones or whatever. Right. But yeah, our office doesn't have one. No. We use cell phones. But Bill got to the point where like when he would roll back into the hotel, he would swing by the front and be, any messages for me? Right. Like that shit you see on the movies, right? Yeah. <laughs> I like it. And he was like completely free probably of like work obligations or anything. Oh, couldn't get absolutely. Of yeah. yeah. What a liberating weekend. Best weekend. I'll just say, I bet that was pretty sick. <clears throat> so, yeah, one o'clock in the morning, pretty much, I guess, just passed out. Some hobo named Mark is just standing on the side of the road, like, hey, what's up, guys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's your greeter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we we just pulled the the pickup and the, and the, Skiff in the back of the hotel parking lot. Yeah. I was surprised that there was enough parking available. There was like to a delivery fair, truck. Kind of was there. too. Yeah. So I expected there to be more problems. When I got up, I guess it'd be Friday morning. I walked out on the balcony. And I was like, "Whoa!" Mm-hmm. There it was, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like mm-hmm. I had no idea that mm-hmm. you guys had done like. Such a the, magnificent thing. The last thing I had heard was it was going to be white hall, white deck, and then boom, there it was mm-hmm. in all of its two tone glory. So mm-hmm. if you're going to set out to change the skiff game, you should really <laughs> set out to change yeah. it. Go big or go home, baby. That's right. Brian, have you seen their two tone? No, deck? I haven't. What? Yeah. Oh, no. man. oh it's you've got to see it. It's, it's not what you might think two tone. No, it's for real. It ain't. Yeah, it's it's, it's a Harlequin package. It's a oh. statement maker. <laughs> yeah, I could tell you a story about a two tone boat. <laughs> we did, we did. Uh, we were kind of racing the clock, but we didn't want to look unfinished. Like you know, eighty or ninety percent there because that's what people look at. <laughs> the oh, it's not done. The it reminds gunnels. me of. The Partridge family. Yeah, well, yeah. And Doggy Daddy asked us that. And we're like, he's like, did y'all run out of orange? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we didn't want it to look like, oh, it's like 90% done. And the 10% is what everybody sees. Right. So we're like, let's, you know, get as close as possible and then just do something goofy. So we're going to have to take it off anyways. Well, you know what's crazy is like, People thought it was real. Believe it or not, <laughs> I, it actually has grown on me. I yeah, think it's, oh, it's actually, not bad, yeah. You it's know. grown on me, and I fished it a lot the last two days. Did we rip the that tape off and we're like, hot wait. Oh, get out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's hot. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the you know yeah. the practicality of it. You might, you know. But like maybe two different days. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's a very unique skiff. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Morjohn. um posted a picture on his Facebook four or five years ago from over in the Bahamas and it's an older whip ray uh, because it was like a 98 or a 99 that came out of the mold down at Hell's Bay and it had a bunch of gatoring and blisters on the hull everything had kicked off and like they were like 
we can't do anything with this. And he was like, I can. I'll take it. And so he took it and fared it back out and refinished it and took it over to the Bahamas and sold it to like a buddy of his, I want to say up in the Abacos. And that's where the picture was taken. And it's this little Whipray hull and it's finished like a fucking um, rowboat. It's just got like bench seats across it. Mm-hmm. Nice. And, but it's, it's, a blue over white hull. It's like a two tone, like, you know, two tone hull color. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it and I was like, that is so fucking bitching. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, everybody's always like every hull's just one color, you know, mm-hmm. and the yeah. capsule, it's different. And, you know, I don't know why. I mean, it's just tradition that nobody does anything a little bit different. Sometimes you'll see like sides versus bottom, bottom, yeah. you know, on particular boats or it's like a white bottom with like, Navy blue sides. Yeah, yeah. And, and maybe that's what... Here or there. But, you know, when I saw it, I was like, man, yeah. that would really change the skiff game, you know, if, like, people started really, like, having to pick two colors for their hull yeah. and, you know, like, make it... Because so, it looked... It, it gave that... It, it was a definite island feel to it, mm-hmm, and I just right. thought it was really cool, you know, that, so he, the, that he did that. The one I could think of that would be neat, and you'd have to have two gel coat guns, uh, one with, like, white and another with blue... And you spray the first half of the front with mm-hmm. white and then pick up with blue gel coat. And it would like the middle would be splattered as they kind of mm-hmm. like. So it like fades. Yeah. Ginu does stuff like that. Have you seen that where they have, we- they'll put like webbing, but it's on the shiny side of the boat. Mm-mm. So it's still fe- it still feels smooth and looks shiny, but it's like all kind of, mm-hmm. you know, like that splatter yeah. interior. That would like be a fun repair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how that works. That- Rip. <laughs> That's actually what happened to my last hull that I had built. Was it was the two tone two tone deck, two different color whites. Yeah, yeah. And it, it was horrible. <laughs> horrible. <laughs> what was it? It was two different boats, or two what did they just end one box gel coat? Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Nice. They they were proud of themselves, man. Mm-hmm. They were going for it, and then it comes out, and they're like, "Whoa, mm, we messed up." Right. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Got to read the, that uh, bucket. So the, the two-tone was fun. It was, it, it's it's funny. We, it was kind of late the night we finished rolling it. There was, there was some beers kinda, involved. Kind of late. And. I think it was like 11 o'clock at night. So, yeah. so when you guys were in Charleston with it and you're not at the boat ramp up there, you're at the landing. The landing. Mm-hmm. Um, did you guys like have anybody that was. Posted up like either recovering or launching a boat that saw the skiff and were like, "What the?" and like give you any comments, good no, or bad. No feedback verbally, but I the one guy was definitely giving it the side eye a while, like, yeah. "Huh?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, hmm. "Hey, we just what y'all boys back. on? Uh, <laughs> we got some mud minnows if you want them." Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, but "We're throwing fly, but thank you." Yeah. They're they're very kind up there. When we launched on tournament day on Saturday, we had a guy offer us mullet, and we're like, "No, we're fishing fly, but can you rub a couple of these in the bait bucket?" <laughs> <laughs> the uh, yeah, I don't I don't remember very many like hard looks. 
But people no. were ta- we were talking about at the party. I've at been the party, surprised. I got a lot of people asking about it. So I've been really surprised. I thought for sure because I know I shared it on social media. I'm, I know you've posted pictures of it on your social media. So the skiff paparazzi, mm-hmm. um, the the keyboard warriors. Mm-hmm. I have been really shocked and surprised that there hasn't been like this fervent conversation about your skiff because Mm -hmm. those fucking people literally have an opinion on everything Mm -hmm. down to, you know, what type of, you know, head the screw has on it that affixes the rub rail. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. It gets crazy. Oh God. They didn't use hex head screws. They use Phillips. How old school is that? (laughs) And I just thought for sure people would be like, you know, talking about it because yeah, honestly, well, we went way it was, old school. We didn't even funny. put the rub rail on. Right, it's still in the box of the shop. <laughs> it is. <laughs> you don't need it. Yeah, I mean, we just avoided hitting stuff. Yeah, just pull up, pull up nice and gentle to the. Oh, dock. I, I checked a ramp the other day. No, no, we did it for because it was lighter. Left it off of there. <laughs> uh, but yeah. uh no, I'm sure in some secret dark forum and on mm-hmm. the dark web, mm-hmm. there's there's a whole Reddit article. There's somewhere. a whole yeah. page of people who hate it. But right. That's okay because there's there's a whole me that loves it, and that's really all that matters. Right. Um, I've been fishing it the last couple of days. It's been pretty fun. It's uh, my buddy loves it. He's like, dude, the two tones so cool. <laughs> I, I can't say it enough. It, it's it's literally grown on me. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, it makes it such a unique look, and I like. There's it. there's a big part of me that just wants to slap the rubber rail on and be done with it because I, I it has really grown on me. There's the part of me that also knows what it's going to look like when it's really done, right? And that part of me is like, duh, let's let's ride this mm-hmm. puppy out mm-hmm. and see it. Yeah, we pulled um, the tape and we're like, hmm. That's not even, it's not as crazy as we thought it would be, and it's not even that bad. Right. Yeah. It's kind of standing there's, and looking. There's a huge part of me that <laughs> yeah. thinks Lefty like. Lefty used to paint his boat two different colors for, uh, just for shots so he can get, you know. Oh, the, I've heard that before. Picture of the fish with two different colors. So we yeah. had, oh my goodness. He, he had a, it was yellow was and red. The influencer. But no he was doing way. it before yeah. he, people mm-hmm. were Back flipping in the, the fish. 70s, yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. That's crazy. Oh, somebody's having a dream over there. Puppy dreams. <laughs> um, but I do hope someone who's seen the boat is like, dude, can you do that on my boat so I can really like oh, do a really spend nice. more than 45 minutes yeah. taping the boat and be like, wow, this mm-hmm. is cool. Yeah, that was fun. It was fun to be able to do. Oh, yeah. Who else oh, going to yeah. let you do that? Well, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I have thought, like, I wonder how long it's going to take me to sand off. It's wait till somebody pays you to do it. That's it, right. It's, yeah. It's, it's got to be funner. a good feeling. Yeah. It's got to be a good feeling. So um, back to the, a little reminiscing mm. of Charleston. Um, we all, <laughs> I mean, Cabo's chasing the shit out of something. Mm-hmm. Um, Saturday. Uh, no, Friday, Friday. 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 We, uh, I had, I, we all went and fished the yep. uh, flood tide and, um, we kind of split up. Um, 
I guess there's a little confusion. We, we, again, man, we're just we're, so, we're real shitty when it comes to the convoy thing. So here's uh, yeah, yeah, we really are. Yeah, here's like, how this we went all down. three pulled out of the parking lot at the same time. I look in the rearview mirror and there's just Mark behind me. I'm like, okay, yeah. where's Carl? And then I look up again. And now well, Mark's gone. So I'm like, I sure hope they know where we're fucking going because <laughs> I'm not slowing down. Pulled off of Wild Street. Onto the other corner, we got stuck. Y'all's light turned green, and by the time we got out and around, it was red again. Um, so that's where we went the first time, and then the second time, you took the turn for seventeen, like that little ramp, and Mark and I went straight. And by I, I mean I was in the passenger seat. We went straight, and I was like telling Mark's GPS, I said, "If you hook this way, it goes around." I was like, "Mine just reroutes me to U-turn." And I told him, we're going to the Seaweed Outpost. Yeah, because yeah. that's, I mean. Because I wanted shrimp salad sandwiches. That's. And my, I had no water, no, no anything. My itinerary was, primary stop was Seaweed Outpost mm-hmm. to get a shrimp salad sandwich and some chilled boiled peanuts mm-hmm. and a drink. And so we pull in and I actually got a little bit of fuel for the skiff. Um, I'm like. God, these guys should be like right behind us. Like, where are they? So, you guys never. Oh, uh, we were up. just enjoying the uh, countryside. So then just I, I'm driving road. towards the towards the landing, and then all of a sudden, here you guys coming out of the landing. And I even I was like, that really confused me. So oh, I was yeah. like, yeah. I was like, hand out the window. Is there no parking down there? And <laughs> yeah. Y'all are like, no, it's good. We're headed to the store now. And I'm like, that's fucking Which, ass backwards. Yeah. We just <laughs> want to check it out for it. I looked at Mark. I was like, this is the ramp, dude. Yeah. He's like, yeah, this is where we're meeting. I was like. No, I don't have any water. We're supposed to meet at the store. <laughs> He's like, I got it backwards. So, miscommunication. But we got there. We got some snacks. Came back. And he's like, oh, Larry's waiting for us. My first I was like, no, he ain't. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> and then my second thought was, damn, Wilds showed him where to go. Mm-hmm. Wilds didn't show me. Well, we'll just figure it out. Uh, we didn't. But nobody else did either. No. It was good. I mean, but we, we got, just got we to launched, pick and poke. We got going. It was fun. Yeah. Well, you know, there's there's the practical matter of getting to where you've been shown yeah. versus like, you know, like to say, oh, Wilds showed him where mm-hmm. to go. Well, yeah, Wilds yeah. definitely like pulled up the map and was like, uh, if you guys like fish over in front of this island right here. And I'm like, okay, that's the creek. And I was like, all right, I got to come out and go north right. first and then east. And then one of those ten creeks should get, <laughs> should get me get to here. the southeast, mm-hmm. and then I got to go east again, and then north back up around this. That's some mm-hmm. crazy some country up there, yeah. And, it, and and on the way out, it was like at, it, what was at that time, and that was one of the last things Wild said was like, just be careful. You're like kind of at the time where the oyster bars just got covered. So like stay in the big creeks. Don't get in the small creeks because you you know, and I'm like so I'm like running the whole time like oh, fuck, I don't want to fucking yeah. high center yeah. my fucking skiff. And then on the way back, it's one hundred percent different. And you're like, uh, I think I turn here. So I did like I think I turn here three times where I turn and I was like, mm, no, nope. I think I need to be in that other creek over there because now I can see one past where I should be coming out in the channel. Yeah. Do a U-turn, go back up, go up one creek. I'm really good at like not natural. Um, like I'll, I'll look at a, like a house. 
uh-huh. a building, a house, a ramp, a funny seawall, whatever, and go from there. Once it gets like mangroves for too long, there's no nothing that sticks out. I'm like, oh. Well, up there, there's no mangroves even. It's yeah, it's just grass, grass, grass. water, or both. Or and, a, and an occasional unexplained PVC fucking pipe sticking out of the ground. Yeah. yeah. We like, need to get to the bottom of that. Is is that a <laughs> is that an oyster bar or is like what what's going well, on? You know? I know it like here in the lagoon when we run from like here to JB's. When you're coming up slippery, there's those poles. Uh-huh. And you can kind of use those as your markers and know what you're doing. Uh, I don't think that's how that works there. Mm-mm. I think that's used danger. to have message. Yeah, I think I think the whole low country's danger. Mm-hmm. It kind of scares me running through there a little bit. Uh, but it yeah. makes you feel alive. <laughs> it's nice to feel something. <laughs> made, made me feel tentative. Oh, I ran right very, made me now, feel tender. On the way My back, when it was like completely flood tide, at, you know, at the end of the flood tide, when I'm like, I can run wherever the fuck I won't. Mm-hmm. I'm just running fucking everywhere. But like in that mid tide, I was like, mid tide. Oh, 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 do not want to. Yeah. We went out. I guess we would have been. East, pretty pretty much straight east, um, and just yeah. poked around, just kept poking around, found different areas. Found, and, a, found two like really nice grass spots, but no reds. There was there was bait fish busting shrimp and stuff, and like we saw one red cruise in. But there we were never, bait fish busting shrimp. How did we? That's crazy. There was bait fish moving around. There was, and we but, saw and shrimp. they ate shrimp. Yeah, like maybe not busting. That's probably a little bit aggressive. <laughs> but they were I mean not like tarpon coming out of the water boom breaching breaching pinfish we actually it was some wild pinfish yeah. action guys we actually saw a 8 to 10 foot gator cruising in one of the creeks that we were oh, in damn. yeah we like come around a corner and he was like right up against the bank and mangina uh, says <laughs> Oh, look, there's a manatee. I'm like, that fucking manatee's got teeth, bro. It's not a fucking so, manatee. It's a sharp manatee. Growing up, we used to go gator whomping when we had canoes and kayaks, and you'd see him sunning on the bank, and you'd take a paddle and smack him as hard as you could on the top of the head because you'll knock him out, and you'll watch him like go limp all of a sudden. That's terrible. Sometimes it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you get really close, and they'd like shoot off the bank under your boat, and people would flip out. And we also used to... What do like, you call that? Gator, gator whomping. whomping. Gator whomping. Uh, we used to keep tally, and then we'd have turtle flipping, where if you could creep up behind a turtle and flip it, and you'd count the flips. <laughs> Whoever got the most for the day one. It was pretty sick. Yeah. And not in a good way. It's like... Yeah, exactly. Like depravity sicko. sick, yeah. We were young. It was like I was like <laughs> 26. <laughs> uh, you, Brian, you did the low country thing. Uh, last year, yeah, I went up to Hadrill's Point last year for their shallow water fishing expo. We did. We went to Hadrill's Point. We did that for just to stop in. That's where we yeah. went. That fly, that shop. fly oh, shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a cool. Yeah, place. Hadrill's Fin and Feathers, yeah, the yeah. small building to the left, and then you've got yeah, Hadrill's Point. They had an expo, and it was it was pretty cool. It was a lot of people showed up. Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah. Uh, I think the big building's been there for a hundred years or something. Right, and the the, oh, the main been, one's yeah. like yeah, the old. first tackle shop ever. <clears throat> yeah, it was real nice up there. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to go fishing. I fished for well, I I guess I did for maybe a half hour or something, and yeah, just came back in and that was it. 
Yeah, the uh, it is definitely. I think it just made me more sure that South Carolina is a really good place to know somebody. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, South Carolina is really cool. Like, I love the vibe. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, everybody's like super like friendly. There's certainly little clicks up there, but mm-hmm. by and large, it's like very, everybody likes right. everybody. It's not like it's kind around of inclusive. here yeah. where everybody's like sniping at each other and talking shit behind everybody's back. Maybe that happens if you live up there. You right. kind of become more aware of it. But in general, every time I visited up there, I feel like, damn, what a bunch of good fucking people, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing that I've picked up on is where I could get up tomorrow morning and say, Carl, we're going to go fish tomorrow. And we hit the water, the ass crack at 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> we could fish till, till it's dark. And we're fishing literally all day, and we're like, ha- like in the money all day for conditions. Up there, it's like two or three hours around the low tide, two or three hours around the high tide, and everything else is just like, mm, just don't waiting. bother. Yeah. So I almost, I almost think it's like because they have these little snippets of time to fish, like these little windows of opportunity, they've all figured out that, you know what, the fishing's cool. We'll do that when we have to or like at the time that it's a, a appropriate. Other than that, man, let's just hang out and have a good time. Like here, like everybody just like right. goes out there, gets hot, fucking yeah. shitty about the water yeah. or somebody got too close to me and. I don't know, man. Maybe, like, that, I maybe think, that's yeah, what it is. The majority know? of their time, it doesn't matter if somebody gets close to you. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So it's it's like, just like, yeah. yeah. Oh, they're coming close to me? They must need a beer. Hold on. Hey, yeah. hey, here's a beer. <laughs> like here, it's like... Trade you for a cold, boiled peanut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you got any, 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 that was interesting. Any sandwiches over there? Yeah. <laughs> that was interesting. Boiled peanut, cold. Oh, you've never... Oh, no. just, oh they're yeah. good. That was a... I tried them. That was a you first. didn't like it? I mean, yeah, I like them. Just goes against a lot of what I believe in. It goes up against <laughs> it's like peanut cool theory <laughs> and nomenclature, <laughs> right? At least for us. What that there. is is a a, a very smart um, shop owner. Oh yeah, that was like, God, I gotta throw out all these fucking peanuts again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Drain the juice off, put them in a fucking right. sack, and, and like stick them on top right. of some ice. See wait what for, happens tomorrow. Wait for those order suckers order. from Florida yeah. to come. And people back. are like, oh man. Chilled nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like two tone two tone nuts. <laughs> these are these are these are awesome if you balance them on your chin first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, I think overall though, no once we actually got on the road. Yeah. Fine. It went pretty we, well. Yeah. We made it there. So we found uh, stuff. After we Went for a boat ride and, mm-hmm. you know, checked out the sheep's head spots and whatnot. Um, we made our way back to the hotel. Mm-hmm. We had a little trashy hour. Yes. And Carl, um, Allie told me that I should ask you to talk about Cudacious Coons and Totally Turt's Rescue and Relocation Services. Oh, I forgot about that. My next million dollar idea. It's pretty good. Uh-huh. It's a gully wumper. Right. <laughs> You're not allowed at my turtle rescue. Well, that was old Ben. <laughs> New Ben pets turtles, not flips them. Okay? Feeds them lettuce. So not a savage <laughs> anymore. 
the uh, how'd that come up? Oh, that's what he does for a living. Well, no, actually, he's, uh, but he no, he's he works for a power company, yeah, and he does environmental assessments. I right. believe correct. So he may go somewhere and determine that in order for that utility to do whatever work, OMG, there's a gopher tortoise right. living here. And there's actually people that the landowner will then in turn have to call. And what was it? Five thousand five hundred dollars to come, relocate. Yeah. And he, yeah. he was like, dude, it's the best business model ever. They're gonna pay you five thousand dollars. Now you have to have the property. Like so that's where Turtle to, Ranch yeah. comes in. Right. So these people have like, you know, some big huge fucking hundred hundred acres of pasture. Because they, they love to live in pastures, right? right? Oh, yeah. And so you've got the land, and if you're not doing anything otherwise with it, you just declare that it's a turtle sanctuary to the state, and the state says, okay, cool, rock on. And they'll start sending you um, work orders where Ben is needing something done, and right where that fucking power pole needs to go to get the power to his new house on his little ranchette, his little five-acre five hour five ranchette, they're like, sir, um, in order to get the power to your service, we're going to need to drop this pole, and unfortunately, it's within a 20-foot radius of that there gopher hole, and uh, you're going to need to get that tortoise moved, and Ben says, well, no problem. How do I do that? And they say, well, you pay Brian five grand. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Brian has the turtle ranch, and the other to- the, the total problem that he has is how does he remove said Tortoise. Oh, it ain't a problem. Mm-hmm. You go and you buy a five-gallon bucket, and you literally put the five-gallon bucket into the existing gopher tortoise burrow hole while Mr. Gopher Tortoise is out snacking on clover. Right. And when he gets his fucking fill of clover, he comes back and he goes down the, and just slides right into your bucket, and you walk over and you pick it up. And you're like, it's... Thanks for the 5K, loser. The laziest, <laughs> cheapest, easiest money. I mean, I'm sure there's some. Well, I think it's I'm the sure property. There's like a Turtle 101 so you, class. You the can't logistics. like pile a bunch of tortoises on top of each other. They probably require oh, I'm like sure. a quarter acre of grass to feed every year, whatever. So you can only have one per That's quarter yeah. acre. So you can only max out your turtle right. ranch at a certain. Right. So yeah. it's a ton, you're just buying land by way of turtle. Right. Yeah. Tortoise. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. That's right. Just that you're going to have to pay somebody else five thousand dollars per <laughs> turtle if you want to yeah, that property. Yeah. yeah, or you train them to go back out like a homing pigeon, and five grand a pop. And that's what go. he was Not, yeah. saying is they go back <laughs> go to Walmart, Walmart. Yeah. send them to Walmart. <laughs> yeah. The well, you, uh, you know, like if you see, like, I I do. I have a soft spot for go for tortoises. Mm-hmm. So like you see one on the road, you're like, oh oh, sh- get get off the road, <laughs> yeah, little yeah. buddy, and you know, you see them and they're like trying to cross the road and you'll watch people like pick it up and like take it back over. No, pick it up and take it across the road. Cause if you just pick it, he was headed there for a reason. Right. And they're going to go across the road, damn hell or high water. So you got to take them across the road and you just got to hope some other kind gentleman comes along when it's time to cross the road to go home. Right. And it fucking infuriates me when I see a tortoise or, or just like a fucking softshell turtle yeah. or, or, or the sliders or yeah. whatever. You know, there's a bunch of different freshwater turtles. 
And you see it, and you're like, you fucking get on the yeah. binders, and you slow it down, and you like fucking ease it over. I always put my four ways on, letting people know behind me, hey, there's a fucking turtle here, bro. Slow down. And like three cars go by it, and then in your rearview mirror, you see somebody like clip it, and you're like, yeah. how the fuck yeah. do you f- hit a turtle, man? It yeah. didn't dart out in front of you. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't like that. It's not a racing turtle. And went back. Right. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. Yeah. I hate when I see a turtle get fucking clipped by a car because it's just like, oh, uh, yeah, intentional, yeah, intentional, or just like you know they're just so clueless that they didn't see it. Yeah, yeah. Most of the time, I always am like, oh, that's a fucking asshole because you think it's got to be intentional, yeah. right? You know, yeah. So I actually saw a thing. How do we tie? Turtles and tits together. Yeah. Mm. Pretty simply, actually. Well, like a coconut bra, but different. <laughs> but alive. I read an article <laughs> not long ago where there's some group of people in college, I want to say. Naturally. That are in, like, you know, turtleology class. And they're talking about turtles that get hit by a car, not like a fucking pulverizing yeah, blow, yeah. but like like a little ding, glancing blow, and it cracks the shell. Right. Mm-hmm. Most turtles can survive that. However, it's like they're they're very vulnerable at that point to you know predators. They're vulnerable to disease, disease and stuff like that. And some sharp motherfucker that's like spent his time. In the dark, reaching around, figuring out how to get that brawn done, said, Hey, wait a second. That hook and loop connection of a bra, he went and took the the latch, the the hook part yeah. off. And what what they've started doing is when turtles come in with a shell injury, they take epoxy and put literally mm-hmm. bra pieces mm-hmm. on there and then they take like wire and pull it together and it keeps it together and it'll like heal clean. and it'll heal yeah. clean and i was like mm-hmm. totally fucking cool god bless this mess <laughs> yeah my wife used to work at a vet's office and they used to fiberglass really I've heard yeah. that yeah okay the sea turtle sanctuary in the keys my brother went for some reason and I don't know if they ingested something. Something was wrong. They had to cut the turtle open oh, wow. and put it back together again. And when they put it back together, he said it was like Bondo and stuff. And the guy was t- telling him how he used to work on Volkswagens. It's like, that's why I'm good at this. <laughs> like <laughs> Bondoing a turtle up. So we're on Volkswagen Beetles. So this is second nature to me. <laughs> There's. Beetles. Yeah. I, I guess it was three or four years ago. I um, was down in Satellite Beach, mm-hmm. um, the park where Satellite Beach has their skate park. Um, has like you know it's standard baseball fields, whatever it's got. But there's like a real big natural area there, and there's a lot of gopher tortoises that live in this park space. The city of Satellite Beach had to put up signs with pictures of gopher tortoises that said this is a tortoise they oh, do not the swim water. yeah because people would like find the tortoises and be like oh hey let me help you get back in the water buddy they don't swim it <laughs> yeah. they were fucking drowning all these fucking tortoises <laughs> it's just crazy <laughs> oh, to me <laughs> yeah oh man 
People just don't go outside. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, you look at them. They don't have like that. Ain't flippers. Yeah. They got like elephant figures on the side. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Shell anatomy <laughs> is totally different. People don't pay attention to shit. People <laughs> like it's in books. Like right. you learn this in Channel. science, right. like, no doubt. Well, so. <laughs> Anywho, I don't know how we no. went from uh, just Charleston. low tide, high oh, tide, so, yeah. you know, Charleston to yeah. tortoise and tits. But <laughs> either way, either way. <laughs> so, so after we got back, we um, you know had our little uh, happy hour event at the hotel. We got Ubers, went over to what was the name of the venue that they had? Tradesman Brewing. Tradesman Company. Brewing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Man, um, I would. So the impressive part, huge. Yes, like three hundred people plus. A lot of parking, a lot of area, a lot of. But the the venue either wasn't prepared or did not give a shit Mm -hmm. about the number of people that showed up because even though. It was clear and obvious that there were a lot of thirsty people there. Nobody was moving very fast to quench mm-hmm. that thirst. And I'll be honest with you, and I'm I, I'm not saying this because I got irritable standing in line too long. The beer just wasn't that good. There was no, the, and, and I, I tried several of them yeah. trying to find one that I would like. I'll tell you the one that was really good. It came in this huge cooler. And it was clear. It was called water. Uh, that was by far the yeah, best yeah. thing I had there. Yeah. Uh, it was cool I, seeing a lot of people that yeah. uh, listen to the show. Yeah. I mean, a lot of listeners. It was uh, super, super fun that way. Uh-huh. Um, I think the highlight of the evening was uh, watching some folks try to conquer the bull. Mm-hmm. Dude, they were full of bull. Dude, the guy running the bull. Had the best job. He, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, no like, it's anybody that was cocky comes walking up. You just watch him. He'd just be sizing yeah. people up. I didn't realize that they were so controllable. I thought you just kind of pressed, like, start, stop, maybe speeds. He no. had, like, joysticks. Uh-huh. And he just would just killing people. He <laughs> would make them feel really comfortable for about. Like, he'd go eight seconds, like, oh, yeah. I should, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. I've, I've needed to be in the rodeo circuit my whole life. And then just one quick, yeah. Yeah. nope, he would do this back spin, of the bus. He would do the spin maneuver, and I saw one person almost eject over, like, the side. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, now it's getting good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, never saw anyone survive the spin move. Mm-mm. It was not going to happen. I'll tell you, it seemed really fast, too. Oh, it, I felt like we were there for like went. no, I mean like the whole the, the whole shindig. Yeah, I yeah. felt like we were there for like an hour. So, what was the yeah. highlight for you? I think just kind of either seeing people that I knew before, meeting new people. Will was there. That was Huge, my highlight. Yeah, yeah. Will was, was there. Yeah. That was cool. So I barely caught up. I, so, I had a hard time finding Will because I knew it. Will dressed like the year before. Mm-hmm. Yacht Club Will. Uh, this was not Yacht Club Will. This was edgy urban will. This was edgy urban will who just discovered vape pens, right? And decided to dress like it. <laughs> um, I love you, Will. 
It looked like Nabo Will drove back to like a ne- like a neon blue Subaru there. Yeah, with like a big wing with a lot like and really tall lights. chrome rims. Right. Um, v- with vape coming out of the window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, my main and my G. Um, probably had a grill. Yeah. Um, so I didn't. I never. I kept looking for. Him. I was like, "Where's Will? I know he's here. I couldn't find him." And I was like, "Oh, because he looks like he's going clubbing, mm-hmm. not at his own flood tide event." <laughs> um, so I barely caught up with him. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about Paul Puckett's boat. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's do that. That's a thing. Uh, it's a pretty thing. Yeah. Will Drake outlaw? In oh, well, I guess one off. Well, like a custom blend color. Yeah. Yeah. A little Spartina-ish A little green. Spartina green in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I call it a grasshopper green because I yeah. maybe heard that before somewhere. And Paul's like, oh, Larry, Larry, it ain't grasshopper green. Well, it's, it's, it's really sp- Spartina, Larry. It's, it's Spartina. <laughs> the, uh, it's inspired by the low country itself. <laughs> um, the one thing, well, not the one thing, there's a lot of things about that boat I like. But one thing I don't know who thought to do it was that little strip of sea deck on that. Yeah, like so on it's the like back a, of the. It's, it's like, like a bolster, co- combing yeah. bolster, but it's just a little piece and it goes around the back of the cockpit. Nice. And that was it. And, it, it, and it's like, a tiller boat, so yeah. you're gonna be standing up. Mm-hmm. You know, your calves are gonna be against it, running it, and it's just like this little bolster around well, the, thought, like, the back of it. Why has no one thought to do that? Mm-hmm. And and. Let's go ahead and give a tip of the cap to Castaway Customs. Oh, Dude, yeah. Their, their ability to take artwork and put it yeah. onto no C-Deck now joke. with, laser. with laser, laser is unfucking real So what does he have? He has a, his front hatch is a pad. Yeah, yep. front, front hatch is a pad with artwork on it, yeah. his artwork. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then he has a helm pad. Then he has a helm yeah. pad. And then the and then on the casting the platform. platform. Yeah. Okay. Or the polling platform. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that was that was, was real cool. It was a it's a sick ride. Yeah. All kind of earth tone stuff. So the yeah. the C deck's like lighter, it was like a light brown, brown, light tan yeah. and it, uh and then, didn't Yeti come out with like some new color, like river, river, river green? green. Yeah. It's river, darker. It's darker, and I think it should be close to a match to that when he drops his new cooler into the cooler seat cradle. Gotcha. Oh that's yeah, what, yeah, that's what I think the idea was behind yeah. that. Okay. Well, yeah. or I thought all together the whole thing it fit really well. I think all the colors complemented each other. It didn't look out of place. Like you see some boats, like. Like some Evos and stuff, and the colors are so fucking outlandish. Yeah, yeah. Like it, you kind of have a hard time jiving with it. Yeah, but you know what? I like it. Uh, the The fact that Kevin and Mark over at East Cape, if somebody has a dream and that's the color they well, want, mm-hmm. they will do. And it. And I think that's what's badass about it. Um, they will do that. It's almost like getting a hail mary in a color that nobody else can get. Well, exactly. With <laughs> chrome rub rail, I've mm-hmm. seen some purple whip rays and right. Really? We yeah. we freaking did a whip ray that was like blueberry blue. Mm-hmm. It was disgusting. Blue with blueberry slicks and and white non-skid. Who? It was blue some blue hall. special. Well, blue console. Yeah. Oof. No no more. It's no. gray gray on gray now. It, it looks yeah. nice. Way better. But 
I, I liked the way the colors came together. And then, yeah, so he had two. Oh, no, three. He had his own. He had Paul's there. Uh-huh, he had Paul's. And then the side console. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, Menorcan cool. Marsh Hunter on yeah. Instagram. He's yep. got that side console little uh, outlaw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I can't, uh, I'm not. I don't I know who, but somebody had a, a nomad, nomad there. Yeah, it was, there was definitely a nomad there. I just um, can't think of whose it was. He told me, and I don't remember. Uh, all three very sharp-looking skiffs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So they, they never build bad ones. They're all. Yeah, they do They do a good one. They, I don't remember there being a nomad there. Yeah, it was, it there. was all he the way to the end. Yeah, he didn't okay. stay the whole time. Okay, he might have peeled out early. the time and made it across. So talking about a nomad... Um, Brian, your skiff is probably a what two feet longer in the beam. It's because uh, uh, the Nomad's eighteen. Uh, yours is close to the end, like twenty. No, my boat's eighteen. Is yeah. it eighteen? Mm-hmm. Why am I thinking your boat's? Tw- I think you're thinking your boat got a long uh, waterline. Got a really long waterline. That's why. Okay, for some reason, I, I don't know why. So tell us about the ten weight because clearly. I think I know a lot about skips, and apparently I don't know <laughs> shit about yours. It's, so it's and it's Floyd Floyd Skiff Company. Floyd now. Skiff yeah, Company. Yeah. yeah, it was Isla Marine and left Isla Marine. Yeah, and Floyd Skiff it's, Company. It's the, the um, but still the ten weight. You've been working on that one for oh man, what? a year and a half now. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say almost two years or something. Yeah, from yeah from, from a model until now, yeah. it's about about a year and a half. And, and this is uh, something that you worked on with uh, Chris Morjohn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Morjohn collaborated, um, came up with the design, looked at all of his past designs on paper. Right. Um, decided what I wanted to change. You know, with today's real world loads, everybody has to have stereo trolling motor and power poles, and the older boats weren't designed for that. Right. So this is designed for a real world load and to basically fish anywhere comfortably. Right. Yeah, I know the your first one, your prototype, ninety horsepower, but didn't. You know, if a ninety goes on any other skiff that's out there normally, Squats. it's like whoa, that's a huge. You're in trouble. You're yeah, I have still, a, you know, straight flat seven inches with yeah, ninety. Yeah. yeah. Which is when you build the boat around real load, that's what you get. You know, it's a it's a like a modern day. You know, it doesn't didn't come with a two stroke. No, twenty years it wasn't ago. planned around yeah, a two stroke. Yeah. So how much has that changed? Because um, like two strokes really aren't a reality much anymore. It's right. all like four strokes. Um, yeah, you're talking to somebody with an old school whip ray that's got a 25 tiller on it, mm-hmm. you know. And as long as I can keep finding an old 25 tiller to replace the 25 tiller that dies on it, that's what I'll keep doing. Um, so I'm not even in tune with what the weights are on any of the newer motors. The um, Suzuki that I have on there now is 341 um, for the 90. Uh, Mercury is 360 pounds from the 75 horse all the way up to the 115. Um, I think the Yamaha is around three fifty nine, something like that. Um, so they're all, you know, they're all fairly heavy for that right. mid range outboards. Yeah, I know the small ones have like come around to where like you can get a twenty five or you know maybe a thirty horse or something, and they're 
at this point, they're comparable. in the 150s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Starting to get comparable as compared, you know, like whatever. Yeah, you know, Larry's Motors was yeah. 105 pounds out yeah. of the box. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the one thing that, you know, the, the limiting thing about my motor is, you know, no tilt and trim and stuff like that. You can always, you know, add that on after the fact. And a lot of people, you know, when they're, when, when they buy an older boat like mine, they're like, Oh, I need tilt and trim and this, that, and the other. And I've always thought to myself, my motor weighs nothing. Like, why can't you reach back and just pull the motor up? And, and, you know, you guys are more in tune with, you know, customers coming in and talking about what they want on the skiff. Maybe it's just, I'm too, uh, you know, I'm just a simple, uh, I like simplicity. Right. You know, my skiff is probably the epitome of simplicity. Um, But, you know, now I see skiffs coming out of, you know, whatever manufacturer and it's got two power poles, two trolling motors. You know, it's like, I mean, everybody's just like piling stuff on. And at what point does it get to, you know, you know, You're just tripping over stuff the whole time. Tripping basically. over yeah. stuff and yeah. like, you know, eventually it become it, it. It's no longer a polling skiff. It's like you know, or, or at least I wouldn't want to pull it all day. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I think a lot of the customers aren't really into the polling aspect of it. They're more into the buying the boat at that yeah. point. You know, they're mm-hmm. right. I had a customer that wanted a 12 volt, 24 volt, and 36 volt trolling motor on the same boat because <laughs> them options were listed right next to each other. So he wanted all, all three. All three. Yeah. It wasn't you. It wasn't take <laughs> yeah. your pick. <laughs> no, so shit. How, no shit. No shit. Like, yeah, I'll, ta- I'll take yeah. all three. Yeah. And yeah. then I had to explain to him why he couldn't have all three. But he said, buddy, you have them listed there. I want all three. <laughs> it's just, bo- well, you know, I mean, it's just box checking. Actually, I guess you could like have probably switches. W- like you've got switches like, okay, we're running on one battery. No, you got to have two of these switches on to run the 24 volt and you got to have all three on to get the 36. Yeah. So we've got them running in parallel until you turn all these switches on. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So people just want to add stuff to their boat. Right. Whatever it is, you know, they get their fancy boat, new boat. They want a stereo. They want the lights, you know, the underground lights that we were talking about earlier. You know, they don't, a lot of things that don't even serve a purpose. It's just bling. It's just cool. It's cool. The cool fact. Flat brim. Yeah. (laughs) And it's, and there's a lot of, so there's MSRP and then there's reality. Reality based on what people want to order. So... The outlaw at its starting price, I, I don't think it's almost ever left at its starting price. Oh, Nobody's I, ever left one. Like, well, they don't, they, ev- there's an add on on everyone. Right. Nobody's just said, you know what? That's, I like that one just like that. Give me that one. Give me the and base we'll go. Boat. Yeah, we'll go. It is all, there's always some doodad, some trinket, some, you know, like little thing that is a request of the customer, of course, sure, but it's not, you know, I don't know what they are now. So, with that, with that in mind, how is it that you would put six months of hype and effort behind promoting a, a new to market old hull that's been stripped down and it's 
twenty nine nine ninety nine, right. and this is the way you get it. This is the only way you can have it. And by the way, I hope you like the color because that's it too. Right. I mean, because everything you guys are saying is like people want those options. They oh, want to yeah. have that ability to right. make the boat theirs, personalize mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Which I just had the flash in my mind where, well, are you a custom boat builder if? You're offering, you can have this mm-hmm. or nothing. Right. This is like, yeah, this I is mean, the model like, and that is it. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, that's kind of a bizarre mm-hmm. way to do mm-hmm. things. It's, yeah, Roy Merritt at um, Merritt Sportfish, he says, you can, I don't care what color your boat is, it's leaving here white. <laughs> perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So people do that, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, I mean that's that's the whole color, right? Mm-hmm. But beyond that, mm-hmm. we all know a merit. You know, there's yeah. a whole lot of other stuff. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, but the uh, yeah, I think it's it's uh, kind of counterintuitive to to the customer that's going to walk in the door, right? I don't think that to say take it or leave it is what people want to hear, right? Not anymore. All. Yeah, at all. I don't think anybody has that much clout. No, no, anymore. Mm-hmm. no. I mean, Roy Merritt did tell Tiger Woods that he built Merritt, not Woods. Right. And, like, I'm good. See you later. Right. Um, what color but, you want. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, yeah, and I, I just don't see, like, how that fits in. It's kind of, it's romantic. Oh, cool. It's all stripped out. It's light, you know, lightweight. It's kind of old school. It's classic. Great. Everybody's got that. Right. It's like, you know, like, that. You can you can have any boat like that if you wanted it. Right, but yeah. like, how many people want it? Yeah. Hey, can you cut a hole in that bulkhead for me? I want it open. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I have? Can I have a full price boat with like nothing, absolutely nothing on it? No. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, doodads, man. Biggest motors. So, one of the one of the biggest things that I think I've noticed. Um, is the transition from a flat transom to the curved transom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like everybody, mm-hmm. not, actually not everybody. A lot of people still have the same molds that they had 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Mavericks, th- I think, still have the flat transom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that seems to be like one of the bigger, is the right word, innovation in the skiff game mm-hmm. um you're you guys have a a, yeah, a radius transom yeah we have a radius transom you um, have radius corners too corners yeah, yeah. the, the transom is not really raised flat the corners are okay yeah. okay um, we did the radius transom on the lithium and it, i wasn't a fan um pulling it was great but running was not the best okay um and it does help yeah with, we were talking earlier slap. we were talking earlier uh when we were eating mm-hmm. that i guess with that radius um, transom, you still are stuck with if you if you're going to run tabs on a skiff, those have to be it's Flat. a it's a it's a ninety degree game right yeah. mm-hmm. you know to attach so mm-hmm. you have to make those little pads for it to go to, and you had a good point and I'd never thought of it. They're going to dig and and you know in a turn. And create drag. Oh yeah, so it, like, would, it would fall. Yeah, it would actually. You'd get to a point, and the boat would actually fall. 
um, and then you had to pull it up, and then hopefully it didn't fall back to the other side. So you're so you're not walking back and forth. Yeah, you you were walking back and forth, but mm-hmm. you had to fight just to stay level. I mean, you had to actually drive the boat to stay level. Right. And with the <clears throat> with the lithium water was wrapping around the transom and actually coming up over the motor, right into the motor well as we're running. Wow. The whole time. Um, so we, we did, did a lot of hull changes and, you know, alleviated that problem. Right. On, the, on our prototype. That would have been, I'm guessing, that probably would have been the first one. The first rounded corner boat. The lithium. Yeah. Pro- I don't know. Kevin Finn says his is, but. Uh, which model? He says the Evo, I think, back in 13 or 14 or oh, something they had like that. Him? I didn't know they had them. Yeah. I never realized that. But, yeah, the first one that I heard of or saw, I guess, yeah. was probably the lithium, I'd imagine. Yeah, it was huge. So you had to the work. Whole, the whole... Was it... What was... There was a skiff prior to the lithium. Was it... I don't want to sound stupid, but wasn't it like the helium or something? Oh, no. no, no the that element. was the, the, the element. element. Yeah. The yeah. element. And whatever happened with that? <clears throat> um... It, was it just a concept? No, Tom Gordon started building it. And, um, he got the plans. They were the actual lithium plants, and then he did his changes to it, and the current owners of Island Rod Boat Works, I think they're still building it. I'm not sure. I, I saw photos of it. something. I don't know if it was a kind of a running plug or something like that, but I, I remember some... Actual items. Yeah, I've seen some pictures. items yeah. in a shop somewhere. Um, and that was uh, um, that was the second version of the lithium. Okay, okay. So I'm sorry, the, the element. Right, right, right. So there was the element, which was the original lithium. Tom changed it to the element, and then we... Yeah, but Tom's not involved with that anymore. Not anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. No. You know, there's a lot of designs that are out there from Chris Morjohn. Mm-hmm. And Chris is definitely like a skiff savant um, insofar as like what he dreams up and what he puts on paper and he creates models and a lot of stuff is out there being built. There's stuff that he designed that's to this day is still being built 20 years later with maybe some small tweaks or whatever, but it's always been weird to me. And this is not a diss of Chris Moore, John. So don't fill my DMS up. (laughs) The crazy thing is, more John always like he routinely says it like I'm not a fisherman I don't fish I don't pull boats but he's like the preeminent guy when it comes to designing these mm-hmm. things it's just there's like a disconnect there to me and you know like you're saying his design with that radius corner radius transom but he had to deal with the tabs ended up not really working that well. Right. So, you know, it like comes out of his mind and it's a good starting place, but I guess really ultimately, and that's where a lot of cost comes in, oh, yeah. in, in a skiff right. is you can't just dream it up and build it. And it works perfectly every time. Right. I mean, you know, and that's what I'm trying to say about Chris is, 
you know, for as brilliant as he has been over the years, as things develop and change, there's still a lot of R&D that has to happen. Oh, absolutely. There's just so much more than just the design of the bottom of the boat, you know, right. that contribute to the way the boat rides. Um, weight distribution is huge. If you put too much in the wrong area, your your boat's going to ride like shit. Right. Even like the CNC all Rhino design CAD boats, uh-huh. when they go for the first time, th- there's no guarantee. There's a lot of those out there that are like, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of you know, design and then plug or mold or whatever, and this boat comes out that's... I don't know, a million dollars later or something, it doesn't work. But it's been engineered to death. It's been running Rhino. You know, they were so sure about it. A lot of the early, early, like, CAD boats from Intrepid, like, had problems, steps, and all that kind of stuff when they were doing all that. That it was like, this has to work. This is, we know it. We, you know, we ran all the numbers. We've computer modeled the shit out of this thing. And then it goes out and they're like, oh, shit. Damn. <laughs> Should have yeah, done this the old way. When we did the lithium project, yeah. Um, yeah, how many different variations for the bottom, changing the chine, changing mm-hmm. pulling strakes, run, you know, lifting strakes, trying to get it to, to get that fall out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot of work, and I could imagine you know, going through a whole mold process mm-hmm. each time for that, how costly that would be. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, it was it was definitely the era of, like, stepped holes, like big, you know, outboard center console stuff where they would m- make a ton of them, chop the step out and move it and, like, tab it back in with fiberglass and keep going out and running the boat and seeing, like, how it was going to work. So and forth and back and forth. You were involved, I believe, I believe you were uh, working with Tom at the time when the ambush mm-hmm. was created, yep. right? So it's always been interesting to me, um, the Glade Skiff, you know, to this day, whether it's nostalgia or otherwise, people are like, oh, the Glade Skiff is just like the perfect, like, you know, pulling skiff. Um, and for however many years that was being built, and then, what, around 2006, maybe as late as 2007, you guys changed the entry, and the entry became more like the nose of a whip ray, and it became the ambush. Yeah, it was the ambush had a lot of little subtle difference. It had a lot more rocker to the bottom. Okay. So you had it had trim tabs, but you mm-hmm. had to be on tabs, or okay. else you were porpoising uncontrollably. Right. Um and it was a little bit wider, and right. it had a, had a little bit more buoyancy than the ambush does, and it was a little. I think a little. I mean, uh, the, the the glade, glade skiff. skiff, yeah, and I think it was a little taller freeboard than the glade skiff. So, am I right in saying that once Tom sold back to Hell's Bay, sold they they got the ambush mm-hmm. in that deal, and that's what became the what they're now calling. The Glade Skiff. Correct. Mm-hmm. So, like... It's like the second. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah which is... Yeah. So, that's an example that I wanted to talk about just a little bit of... If you, in the boat world, um, you know, I have a whip ray. It's a 98. 
33rd boat that was built is a whipray. Um, but fast forward from 98 to like 2000, 2001, I think 2001 maybe was when the waterman was mm-hmm. created, mm-hmm. which is the same fucking hall. Same hall, right? But then the waterman really is what my boat is now. Now, layout wise, layout wise, and if it was more finished with a floor in it, it then became a whip ray. Mm-hmm. So with that model of boat, it's the same hull, and it's just like changing like how it's finished and stuff like that, but they diverged in name. Um, so I compare that to Corvette, Camaro, Mustang. Yeah, it was price. I think and the whole thing was price. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. I get that. But the, the point I'm making is, isn't it, to me, it's interesting that a line of cars changes in appearance over decades drastically. Oh, yeah. Huge. But it's still a Mustang. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. still a Camaro. But in the boat industry, if you change it a certain amount, it's like, oh, no, no. This is a new, this is a new model, a new mm-hmm. name. But I mean, they they did change it considerably, and you know it was no longer the ambush because you know the reconglomeration or whatever, right. and and that's one of the few exceptions where a glade skiff, an early glade skiff, looks like this, mm-hmm. but a glade skiff post two thousand six, yeah, is different. I think three versions of the glade skiff now. Okay. They had the OG. Then when Chris uh, Peterson bought it. They made a linered model with the forward hatch and, you know, a lot more uh, production-friendly, I guess. I don't know. With Lin- tub, liner, liner, yeah, and liner everything. It was real heavy. Uh-huh. Um, and then they went to the ambush after that. Right. I think, they were, I think the original one's the one I've been on. Yeah. I think so. So, so. I don't remember it being a liner. I don't remember it being that nice inside. Well, and okay, so. Linered boats like Mona and Mona, you know, she just recently retired, but mm-hmm. Mona was with Hell's Bay, what, 25 years, whatever yeah. it was. Mm-hmm. And she knew what boat I had. And anytime I would stop by and, like, you know, grab a t shirt or a hat or something, she'd be like, Larry, you're getting a new skiff. And I'm like, Oh, no, no, <laughs> they're like twice as heavy now. Why would I, like, I've got the per, you know, I've got what's perfect for me. And you, you just made reference to it, you know, it got more production. So by doing a liner that you drop into the hull, you're eliminating all the finish work that you would have to otherwise do. Do by hand. Right. By hand. Right. So, but you're putting another boat inside of a boat. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just like stacking weight upon mm-hmm. weight upon weight. And again, I think my idea of the perfect skiff has very much diverged from what you you just said a few minutes ago. Customers now, it's not really, they're not into hey, I, I want to be able to pull this skiff all day comfortably. They're like, I want to be able to roll up at JB's and everybody go, right. wow, mm-hmm. look at that. He's right. got a Simrad this and a fucking mm-hmm. double. Two power pole, yeah. jack play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Spinners. <laughs> Spinners yeah. on his trailer. Did you see that uh, Flip got his uh, Hail Mary and it's got bow thruster on it? Really? Yeah, it's like <laughs> little fucking hole. And, and you know how he does oh, that yeah. thing, that little pass through. <laughs> <laughs> it's a toe eye. Yeah. But. <laughs> Chris Morjohn did a big write up on that. Oh, really? Yeah, on the, the bow thruster. And 
He had all <laughs> all kinds of people bought. It was funny, you know. There's so many suckers out there that believe that shit. <laughs> Jesus Christ is funny. The uh, yeah, I mean, I th- I really think the person that needs to pull a skiff comfortably all day, or the fifteen of them that are in the world, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. There, and then there's a lot of people that like would like to believe that they can do that as well. You know what I mean? Well, you know, I don't fish as much as I used to. And when we were in Charleston this past weekend, I did pole for two straight days. And my skiff's pretty light. My skiff's pretty nimble on the push pole. And it fucking kicked my ass. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, two days in 20-mile-an-hour winds. Oh, yeah, it was windy, too. You know, I mean, albeit tucked in behind, you know, whatever cover I could get in a lee shoreline. But it really kicked my ass. And to imagine pulling a skiff twice as fucking heavy as that, you know, I was like, holy smokes, how mm-hmm. do people do it? Mm-hmm. But I guess they really don't, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So, Well, um, I've noticed that Mr. Pickett mm-hmm. is starting to fade. So he needs gonna... a fresh you <laughs> so, yes, probably. So we probably right. need to take a break right. so that we can get him back in on some action. So... Carl, if you can figure out some kind of music to bump us back out with, we'll take a break. Everybody can pound like, you know, uh, Yoo-Hoo, and we'll uh, see what happens from there. So we're going to find some inspiration. That's what we're going to do. Carl wasn't ready. He's working on it. May I be excused, please? What do you think you're doing? You call this a room? This is a pigsty. I want you to straighten up this area now. You are a disgusting slob. Stand up straight. Tuck in that shirt. Adjust that belt buckle. Tie those shoes. Twisted sister. What is that? Wipe that smile off your face. Do you understand? What is that? A twisted sister pin on your uniform? What kind of a man are you? You're worthless and weak. You do nothing. You are nothing. You sit in here all day and play that sick, repulsive, electric twanger. I carried an M16 and you, you carry that 
That's, that's guitar. Who are you? Where do you come from? Are you listening to me? What do you want to do with your life? I want to rock. So we are back, and um, Ben took a little power nap over on the couch. Little, he did some calisthenics out on the front driveway. Yeah, I think, ben, we're, I think we're back in black, baby. I think that probably part of the problem is uh, the food off the Traeger. It gets you every time. You get that full belly. Mm-hmm. Meat sweats. Yeah. Get the you itis. Get, yeah. the itis. the meat sweats and the... Uh, you know, by the time I'm finished with you done in moderation. And, and, and everything that I've been cooking on the Traeger, mm-hmm. you're going to have a gout as an old man. Mm-hmm. Um, Very possible. So tonight, I think on I'm the... I'm looking bit, forward to it. Dude. Um, <laughs> Him having gout? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sounded like. The, uh, the wings that we did tonight on the Traeger um, was my best attempt um, to replicate the wings that we had at the Yeti store mm-hmm. in Charleston. Mm-hmm. Going to go ahead and admit that I did not nail it as far as like replicating exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, those were from home team, mm-hmm. uh, but they were pretty damn good. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. They were delicious. They were awesome. And then, uh, this the is Mac Hills. and cheese too. The, yeah. yeah. Um, I thought the Mac and cheese came out pretty good. Um, oh, yeah. I, I probably would have, Taking it off uh, a little earlier, if I'd have been paying attention, uh, it had a little bit too heavy smoke on the top layer to me. But nah, uh, I liked it. You liked it, yeah. Okay, I'm a big fan of smoked gouda, so yeah. it's kind of it was esque of that, yeah, reminiscent, if you will. Well, um, you know, before we get too further deep into what we're going to talk about here in the next section, just want to let everybody know that if you've been thinking about a Traeger. And you hear us talking about it all the time. It's no bullshit. It's fucking fantastic. Everything mm-hmm. that's come off of it's been delicious. We are fully aware that the cost of a Traeger is definitely an investment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not something that you take lightly. But uh, in order to help you do that, because um, we really hope that uh, more of you guys have the opportunity to get one, we reached out to Traeger. And we have a pretty awesome opportunity to help you guys get a Traeger at a discount. And all you need to do to find out more about that is go to taylortrash.com forward slash Traeger. Sick. And uh, follow that and put your stuff in and we'll take care of you. With that said, let's get back to what we were talking about. So... Next week, looking forward a little bit. Oh, I'm headed out to Denver. Nice. I'm, I'm headed halfway out to Denver. Oh, you are. That's We're right. We're going to Missouri. Missouri. Uh huh. Um, I'm going to be seeing the uh, careless one, the huge fly fisherman himself, mm-hmm. Ben Sittig. Mm-hmm. Um, going to be seeing Rich, um, from District Angling, but um, I got. Uh, the magazine from AFTA 
um, angling trade in the mail yesterday, I believe. And it's the um, edition that previews the show. And there is a master's class. Um, I, I guess that's like the new buzzword, master's class. Um, a master's class on podcasting that's being offered during uh, my uh, FTD. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you were, you were teaching classes, Larry. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I'm not teaching a class. Um, <laughs> I, I actually, Professor Larry. I actually will not arrive in Denver until a couple of hours after that class is given. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> and, and, well, I'll be honest with you. I am kind of bummed because I wanted to... It'd be to, funny that... Because uh, yeah. I wanted to go like be the, uh, you know, the church mouse right. in the back pew and listen to it because when I read the article... I was like, I've never heard of this podcast before. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's because it's trout-centric. I don't know. Um, I did uh, put a story on Instagram, and people that saw that kind of read what it was about, and I got a lot of messages. And somebody was like, is this real? And I was like, yeah, man, this is like, you know, mm-hmm. podcasts are the new fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, not that I've ever heard of this podcast before. And he was like, I have. And it was terrible. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm not passing judgment. That's just what somebody yeah. else had to say. Um, but I did find it interesting that... Uh, of all things, and they have all kinds of different uh, seminars and stuff, but uh, I guess it just goes to show that uh, this podcasting thing is, like, catching on or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, they even have, as part of the curriculum of this master's class, is how to select a host for your podcast. How to select a host? Yeah. If you're going to start a podcast, isn't the host you? Well, no, no, no. I guess this is, like, more geared towards, like, shops. Like, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, So, yeah. you know. <sighs> Rock, paper, scissors. I, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I know. Kids. Rochambeau. Playground rules. I really do wish that, like, you know, somehow, some way, we had gotten, like, you know, called up to, to do this seminar. Mm-hmm. because To the bigs. Yeah, to the bigs. To the show. Because, you know, here's the thing. It, it's a novel idea. Hey, let's do a podcast. Mm-hmm. It's not as fucking easy as as it no. may seem. Um, and I uh, here's the crazy part. I feel like we've almost kind of had it easy. Yeah, but it's still not like you know. Well, and and when I say it's not easy, it's like you know we've had the opportunity to have different people come in and right. join mm-hmm. us, and like you know, it, it's sometimes it's. Whether it's intimidating or they just aren't ready for this style of conversation where you're sitting at a table talking into a microphone mm-hmm. with headphones on and da da da. You know, there's a certain element of doing it versus like, I wouldn't even begin to understand how to talk to somebody and say, well, this is what you need to look for in your podcast host. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, Either you're good at talking right. and interviewing and, and having a good time, or you're not. Right. Um, so I'll be interested post-IFTD mm-hmm. to see how many new podcasts come out and I bet how, be how a they jump. go. And 
you know, I, I think the difference between our perspective of podcasting and probably what this master's class is looking at is they're looking at starting a podcast as a means to promote their business. Yeah. Um, and, and there's plenty of that going on mm-hmm. already. Um, I, I just saw that uh, I think it's Yellow Dog just started uh, doing mm-hmm. a podcast where they're, they're interviewing um, different people, and those different people happen to always be associated with you know the lodge that they book, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. um, which will be the segue that I'll use to say this. We did a, a question on the story mm-hmm. saying when you're making a fly fishing destination travel decision, do you consider that influencer and the lodge that, you know, he posted about more so than you do hearing from a friend? And it was like 98% people were like not the influencer. It's mm-hmm. what my friends would tell yeah. me mm-hmm. to go and mm-hmm. do. Yeah, and, I would like some firsthand, like, meet somebody face-to-face and be like, man, I went there and it was the shit. So I'm, like, sold. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Something about... So within a half an hour of that being posted, somebody slid into our DM. Oh, nice. From Yellow Dog. Oh. Sick, I love it. <laughs> no. And simply said, really can't wait to hear, like, what comes of this? Like, right. you know, cause he, he obviously knew we were setting up something mm-hmm. for, yeah. you know, to talk about. And we had a little conversation back and forth and we're going fishing in Belize. My, my, oh. my, my, my <laughs> no, <laughs> I wish my, my comment was, you know, well, good Lord, the destinations and the places that these friends of the trust of go. Right. I couldn't even afford the fucking airfare to get there, let alone the trip itself. Yeah. Right. And his response was, it's a broken system, but that's about to change in 2020. I said, "Woo, it's about to change. He said, well, we're looking at, and they're trying to get data or things so that they can quantify if, this website or this group or whomever goes somewhere and posts about it on social media, what's the return on investment for that? And I was like, my guess is pretty fucking low. Mm -hmm. Um, And and the point that I made to him, and I I truly believe this deep, 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 like down to the fucking molecular level, Mm -hmm. more so than going fishing at this awesome exotic destination I want to go wherever I'm going with a group of guys that I know I'm going to have a kick-ass time with Mm -hmm. so it's really like don't show me the destination it's more of like how do I get all my buddies together and go to whatever destination I choose because that's more important to me I think I think you could sell a whole lot of fucking rooms if you catered trips to, hey, get a group together and mm-hmm. go do this, mm-hmm. which like Puckett I know does um, yeah. their trip down to Belize. Um, you know, there's a few others out there that do some pretty cool trips. Yeah, but the whole um, 
look how cool I am catching a, mm-hmm. a Trevally in, you know, whatever atoll in the middle of the Indian Ocean. Like, mm-hmm. bro, I'll never do that. Well, mm-hmm. and it's, it's like not only will you not do that, let's say something happens and you can't go do that, you're just going to go with eight other people you don't know. Right. And it's, but what a weird th- way to, to have to sell something. Yeah. It's not like a new car. Um, even a new sports car that, you know, dad's just going to take out that doesn't fit the kids and the dogs. Yeah. You know, the minivan you is a little easier to sell like the family. Yeah. Now you're trying to sell to. Sell the sizzle. Yeah. You're trying to, but you're trying to sell to like four, six dudes mm-hmm. that some of them are going to have like kids and a dog to take care of at the house. You know, it's like a, you have to sell the whole group. Right. Or so one of them so much that they're going to talk the rest of the group into it. Well, like, from our trash and meet up, um, talking to Cody mm-hmm. and the West Coast, that sold me on, we all got to get together and go take a trip to the West Coast mm-hmm. to go fish. Mm-hmm. Like, we got to hang out. And but but the, the underpinning of that feeling mm-hmm. is... We all need to go right because mm-hmm. we can. Right. Yeah, it's There's, the camaraderie, yeah. and you know, to that end, I don't know, like where the guy that I was talking to from Yellow Dog was saying it's kind of a broken system. Yeah, we agree. We're trying to quantify it. You know, such and such. Mm-hmm. You know, going and, and posting about this awesome trip that they were given. Right isn't probably converting into rooms booked. So, and and good Lord, this is complete speculation on my part, but like, you know, the idea of marketing more of the, the experience of the brotherhood Mm -hmm. and, and the camaraderie of a group of people going, if they would focus on that and, and it doesn't have to be, ultra affordable but mm-hmm. it has to be somewhat affordable yeah. to mm-hmm. get you know a group of you know let's say a dozen people mm-hmm. to go that sounds like a, a fucking rad time like right. yeah you know and 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 the fishing is definitely part of it but if i knew i'd get to go hang out for four or five nights it's just, i mean it just has to be the bahamas you know right. but like not like the usual spots in the bahamas and i guarantee you there's a bunch of lodges that are kind of off the beaten path that would, it would make a huge difference in their bottom line at the end of the Mm -hmm. year to have a a dozen extra guys there, even if only for a week, you know, and they realize that all they have to do is say, Hey, we're your affordable destination, but we're your affordable destination when there's a group of eight or more of you. Yeah. And these are the weeks that we can accommodate you. And we would all say, okay, instead of a, $5,000 $5,000 trip, we're all spending 2500 but mm-hmm, there's right. all of us are going. Yeah. Holy shit, what a rad time. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, you pull the airfare. You pull, pull it all together, and you could, I mean, if you were a group of 12, that makes shit cheap quick. Yes, yes. I know a lot of those little, the little planes that fly out of here, little, you know, puddle jumper deals, that... You could you could charter King Air, the whole thing. Boom, yeah, everybody right over. You know, no, not flying with Delta mm-hmm. or JetBlue yeah. or whomever. You know, it's like it. it you becomes, split it twelve ways. It starts looking pretty good, though. Yeah, you yeah. Know? 
And, but, and talk about a social media fucking storm that you could create off that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? We took our this private jet. Right. Or prop plane, whatever. So so talking about going, going over with Cody. And, yeah. And, and like the idea that it's something that all of us can do even for like a week, you know, two, three days. We can all go over. We can take our skiffs. We can pole. We can mm-hmm. fish. We can have a great time. And we're all doing something together. Right. And it's not like. No, Ben can't go. He's got this going on. It's it's too expensive. I thought about the the kind of stripped out, like focused lodge because a lot of these, and I actually talked to Oliver White about it for a minute, and he was like, "Man, it's kind of you're not saving a ton if you take off some of like the fancier items." Um, but you see, like, you know, they'll have, like, chefs there, and you eat really good. And, you know, I'll, I'm like, man, how, I'm uh, talking you, about a tent, dude, uh, or something. Like, well, kind no, of, like, focused, no, focused so, fishing. No, 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 let's, so, you know, all due respect to Oliver. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've talked to him in person at, at IFTD a couple of years ago. And, and, and super nice guy, super great guy. Um, but bullshit. Um I think if you cut you can it do, way back, you can do trips, especially to the Bahamas, for a fraction, a third or less um, than what full rip retail going to his establishment mm-hmm. would be. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, and, and let me let me tell mm-hmm. it uh, here. I'll go ahead and tell a story. So he now also owns Bears Bears Lodge mm-hmm. in South Andros. And so this is five, maybe six years ago, could somewhere in the neighborhood of five to seven years ago. Um, myself, um, my friend Bridger and my friend Chris, um, and there's a little bit, uh, you know, just for full disclosure, um, this is going to sound expensive, uh, and privileged, but, but it really, in a, in a tiny way it is, but it isn't. Um, we could have done it in a similar, at a similar cost, maybe a couple of hundred bucks more a piece um, commercially. We had the opportunity to fly ourselves down. Bridger's a pilot. I'm a pilot. Bridger has a buddy that has a twin engine plane that we were able to borrow. Uh, we had to cover the cost of fuel and we were able to fly ourselves down to South Andros. And we were doing it completely DIY. Um, so Bridger's from the Low Country. He flies down, lands at Massey Ranch. We pick him up at Massey Ranch. We spend the night here. We go to Publix. We get some grub, some beer, throw it in the fucking plane. We throw all our gear in the fucking plane. And off we go. We fly down to Andros. And we land at Andros. We have a vacation rental by owner. Um, we get picked up by the owner from the VRBO. It's just part of the deal there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they meet us at the Congo Town Airport. We go to the, the place. They've lined up a rental car for the week. And just in case you don't know, um, there's no Hertz. There's no national rental car calendar there. You're literally renting a car from somebody that lives on the island mm-hmm. and says, yes, I'll take those American dollars yeah. for the week. Mm-hmm. So, and I think we were there for four days. Um, so off we go. Now, here's the limitation. 
we did not have access to a skiff, so we're not fishing the west side of Andros. Mm-hmm. We're not in, like, the fucking holy land. But there's plenty of places that we were able to wade, and we saw fish. We caught fish. We had a blast. And at the end of day one, we are at the bar that's by Little Creek. And we're drinking beers. It's a dirt floor fucking bar. Been there. Yeah. And we're, we're fucking having a blast. And Bahamian dude walks in the bar and gets a beer. He's like, you guys down here fly fishing? And we're like, yeah, man. He's like, where are you guys fishing? And we're like, Oh, we fished down south today and did it. And he's like, No, like what lodge like what like he was confused. Like, why are these lodge boys at the local fucking watering hole? And we're like, no, no, no. We're staying at a house up, you know, up the way. And he's like, Oh, okay. He's like, I work at uh Andro South. You need to come back and meet the boys. And we were like not clear on what meet the boys meant. We thought maybe like the other guides or whatever. And we're thinking, okay, they're going to be like, somebody's going to have a day off and they're going to be like, hey, you know, I could take you off out on my day off. Or we're like, all right, fuck it. We're down with it. We pile into our car. He piles into his car. Up the road we go. We fucking pull into the lodge. The fucking gate opens. We drive in. And what he meant and what we figured out was there was a whole group of guys that were there at the lodge. The Flyfish Journal was doing what they call Bahamacon. Um, it was their hosted trip. And they were there. So he was like, he went and like found those guys. And we're like, hey, these guys are here fishing on the island this week too, just like you guys are. And like put us all together. And we sat and drank beer all night and had a great time. And by the time we were leaving, because we had to drive 10 miles on up the island to get back to our house, everybody that was staying at the lodge was like, dude, we wish we were doing what you guys are doing. Like, you guys, how long did you fish today? We're like, 10 hours. They're like, we fished from this time to this time. Had to be back for dinner. We were actually getting in bed when you guys rolled in because we had to be back up tomorrow morning. And they're like, what fucking freedom you guys have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, so that's where there's like a little disconnect, like where it wouldn't always work with like a, you know, the the lodge experience but there's definitely places and things that you can go do and we did what we did and that's even with us flying ourselves down there which avgas is not cheap mm-hmm. so it wasn't mm-hmm. like you know we saved a bundle by doing it that way but we were able to do what we did for fucking way less than half of what they paid mm-hmm. now did we have a chef cooking us Stuff, actually, yes. They call him a short order cook at the fucking bar. Yeah, same guy. <laughs> yeah, some guy. And I guarantee you, the grouper fingers that yeah. we had at the fucking rusty barge mm-hmm. up at the north end mm-hmm. of the fucking island mm-hmm. was better than anything they fucking had at the lodge. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like good fucking like fresh right off the boat, greasy fucking you know like mm-hmm. conch salad. Yeah, go out and talk to Leon. He's, and he'd yeah, he's fu- smacking the conch. Yeah, right <laughs> there in front of you. Yeah, it's like fucking amazing. So the uh, jealousy is probably not the right word, but the envy factor was that we were able to do what we wanted to do when we wanted to mm-hmm. do it on our own fucking agenda. And that's the dichotomy of a DIY trip. So back to 
you know like a stripped down lodge what, of sorts. What Oliver's saying yeah, yeah. is like, well, you know, if you cut this out, you know, you're not really saving that much. Bullshit. I yeah. can say I can go on three of my trips for what it costs to go on one one week trip. Sure. To his establishment. Not that I, I wouldn't mean, enjoy myself at his oh, establishment. Yeah. It's super luxe. Yeah, it's super luxe. But for lux. those that like can't or don't want to afford luxe, I feel like it would be really cool to be like, yeah, man. So there's like the bunkhouse. Right. There's some boats. Yeah. The guides will be here mid-morning or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Deal with yourself. And, and you know, beyond that, mm-hmm. like, I've done I've done trips where, you know, I've gone to Mayaguana. And it's Mayaguana is the end of the fucking line mm-hmm. to the southeast corner of the Bahamas. And everything's the same way. You're going to rent a car from a local. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have to figure it out on your own. Uh, the lodge, there's only one lodge and it's just a, it's just a motel, hotel, whatever you want to call it. And the owner's going to say, Hey, we're going to serve you breakfast in the morning. Tell us what you want for a sandwich. We'll pack you a sandwich for the, the fucking lunchtime. Let us know about what time you're coming back in the evening. We'll have dinner for you. And I'm still spending way less, mm-hmm. even having to pay airfare to Nassau. Staying the night in Nassau, getting a commuter flight the next morning all the way down there, and having just a fucking kick-ass time. Mm-hmm. And you could mix, you could really mix DIY with, you know, if you had got a hold of just guides that aren't with lodges. And done or the right the, lodge, the, you know, yeah. low-key got a yeah. lodge yeah. instead of... yeah. I mean, there's independent guides on like the out islands all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, if you want to ask, you, you could just do ask a big banner day on the west side. You know, and so, so it was funny. Like you know, in Maguana especially, you know, if if you're a white dude on that island, you're there to fly fish. Mm. Um, there's only like 350, maybe 400 max people live on this entire island, and they had so much fun fucking with us. It was in, in a in a good way. Like at the end of the day, there's like a couple of different watering holes on that island, not many at all. And we would we would kind of wherever we finished, we'd hit like every little fucking bar on the way back, and they would know where we'd fished all day. Like everybody knew every move we made, right? And they had great fun and being able to look across the bar and be like, "Hey man, saw you on Blackwood Point this morning." We're like, yeah, yeah, we hit that at the fucking, you know, last half of the outgoing, and, and, and then we headed over to the airport flat, and they're like, oh, yeah, man, we saw you after you left, man. Fucking bonefish this big, man, right where you were standing, fucking <laughs> swimming right through, happy as shit, man. And it's like, fuck you, you know? <laughs> like, no matter where we were, you know, it's, it's the classic. You, you, oh, you know, yeah. You're from, you know, you spend a lot of time in the Keys. Oh, you should have been here yesterday. Right. But they took it to the next level where they're like, oh, yeah, we saw you down at Blackwood. When you guys left, oh, the bonefish were coming through this big. <laughs> it's like, fuck you, you know? So, I mean, there's a lot of fucking opportunity. I've done, I did a trip to Alaska um, for pennies on the dollar compared to what Sky and, right. know, and, and, Chip would what you'd pay to go to their lodge. Now, did did we eat like kings every night and sleep in a bed? No, we camped every night, but we did two weeks for a quarter, right? Of what they, you know, what a typical guest yeah. would pay. So I guess that's what I'm saying is the. It's interesting to me 
you know, when, when I made that post, that question, those are the kind of experiences I want. And all of those experiences came from knowing people and talking to people and trusting my friends and them saying, dude, you've got to do this trip. Not looking at a catalog and going, which lodge do I want to go to? Mm -hmm. So, you know, whether that's the future, I don't know. You know, but uh, apparently Yellow Dog sees some value Mm -hmm. in the fact that there is a disconnect between... There's a change of brewing. Yeah, Yeah. there's a change of brewing and, and like, people seeing a bunch of guys going on a free trip to a really fucking ritzy destination doesn't mean that I'm instantly going to go, wow, I want to go overpay at that destination so the next group of really fucking smart social media guys get another free trip. Right. Yeah. You know, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And there was, I remember those kind of, what it was only like last year or whatever, the, the kind of hosted trip. Yeah. Was just the thing. They, everybody tried that for a while. You know, if you could sell five seats or whatever. Get one free. You, right. Yours was free, yeah. Right. And everybody, you know, anybody that had. That happened at Oliver's Lodge a lot when I was over yeah. there. Yeah. Of- you know, I, I mean, I will say this about hosted trips. If the trip is being hosted for the right reason, mm-hmm. it would probably make sense. Um where most recently to me, everybody's like that I've seen doing hosted trips is like I'm the experienced international mm-hmm. angler that mm-hmm. can really fucking get you on fish. Da 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 da. Not interested, bro. Just not interested. Right. You know, you don't impress me. You know, I, I know the fucking angle you're working. Versus, hey, you want to go hang out with you know us. And, you know, five, six, seven other guys from all around the world or, you know, all around yeah. the country. We're going down there. We're going to fish a little bit, yeah, but we're going to fucking burn it down. Mm-hmm. We're going to have fun. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of hosted trip I want to go on. Right. Yeah. You know, like, hey, come hang out. Let's fucking have a good time. Yeah. You to know? know that that's the weekend that um, the flood tide party yeah. is going to be on. Right. You know, any one of the islands. So that would be, you know, b- both. We we've actually been offered a hosted trip, um, of sorts. It's nowhere super exotic, but uh, perhaps you guys have heard of uh, Mosquito Lagoon, a little a little <laughs> little place on the uh, southwest coast of Florida called uh, Bonita Springs. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know the Bonita. You know the Bonita? Mm-hmm. I know the Bonita. Um, Bonita Banana. There's a particular shop mm-hmm. that said, hey, um, why don't you guys come down and do a podcast at the shop and uh, maybe do like two or three trips while you're down here? Mm-hmm. And then... And I said, you know, that's a fantastic fucking idea. Let me run it by the boys. I think that we should definitely take I mean, them up on that offer. Yeah, I'm down to clown because I think it fits the spirit of you and your buddies hanging out and doing something right. that you're going to enjoy like as a group. You know, whether it's Brian or Casey or, or um, Nick that, that owns the joint, you know, you see those guys and they're all about having fun mm-hmm. and their preeminent wish is, hey, 
come down. Let's drink some fucking beers. Let's talk. Let's bullshit on the fucking podcast. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, yeah, we'll take you fishing for, you know, two yeah. or three, you know, like, because here's the thing. If I go down to Benita on my own, I could drag my skiff down there and be there in four hours. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be searching, hunting, hoping. Yeah. And, you know, if they're going to shorten that curve for us and say, hey, tomorrow morning we're going to hit it at 10 because this is the right tide to be on, you know, da 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 it makes it a fun fishing element. Yeah. But even if we get shut down because it's windy or crappy weather, we also know we're going to have a kick-ass time just hanging right. out, well, shooting the shit. And so, like, case in point, when we were in Charleston last weekend, you, because y'all were entered into the tournament, you fished on Saturday when it was shitty and windy. Uh-huh. Uh, Mark Carl and Shannon and I didn't. Right, and we hung well, out. And ate Mexican ate, food. We ate Mexican took a nap. food. I took a nap. I went nap. And <laughs> hung out, went to fly shops, and just laughed and had a good time. Oh, that's when we zero, did like Hadrill's Point. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah I, I just think. post up at Lewis's barbecue. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. stay yeah. there the whole yeah. time. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, bad day, bad weather, be gone. Yeah, the, the, doesn't matter. The one failing of that trip was um, my goal was to try the the people that operate that came up with Lewis barbecue just opened a place called what taco boy mm-hmm. something like that yeah, taco so. boy or boy taco or something like hmm. that um and i'm like dude if they can fucking rock barbecue like that i yeah. gotta try their taco joint and we just ran out of time yeah i um, wanted to get to pages okra grill but really i just wanted good shrimp and grits i never did that but i was okay i lived man the um the yeti store Loved that it. that was a super fun time. Oh, the yeah. uh, after party, the staff at the fucking Yeti Leon. store, Leon, Leon was a awesome. He, he was he incredible. Was um, Carl, you had uh, quite a good time. I at, did. At, yeah, at the after party, I did. I'm super impressed with the store. Yeah, because that'd be I. I didn't go earlier that day. That's the yeah. first time I I saw it, and I was like, man, this is fancy. This is something. It I was, should have got my suit pressed. <laughs> Did you have a suit? <laughs> t-shirt suit? Right. <laughs> a leisure suit. Right. He ended, a tuxedo t-shirt. Carl ended up only in a t-shirt right. by the end of the night. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. heard the story. Mm-hmm. It was a good one. Um, you know, people were enjoying and vibing. Some, some, some people, more than others. Right, some more than others. Some people got out of hand. It's okay. Um... Yeah, good time overall. And then actually after the the what seemed kind of late night, um uh what where's it? West Ashley location with Paul Puckett. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. so I went We went for like late night barbecue. Yeah, well, so I I left and went home because yeah. um I had to fish the next day, right? No, no, no. No, 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 no. Just, that was Saturday. We're yeah, I was just the next day. Well, yeah. I I was done cuz I had fished two days yeah. and I was yeah, yeah. wore the fuck out. I actually got home what late Sunday afternoon or whatever. Had to work Monday down in Bonita and man I was sick as a dog. Like, Bill told a story when he first got in town. He was like, oh, man, you know, I I took the, you know, got on the airplane, sitting in the airplane, and this lady is in the middle seat next to me. I'm at the window, and she, like, reaches over and puts her hand on me, and she's like, 
I'm sorry, sweetie. I'm not trying to be antisocial. I'm just really under the weather. And he's like, what the fuck are you touching me for then? <laughs> so I 100% blame Bill for mm-hmm. carrying whatever disease mm-hmm. that she transferred to him. Seems fair. Because like I was like full on, full rip fever, like awful for a couple of days. But uh, wouldn't I trade was, it for the world, man. I had a yeah. fantastic time in Charleston. It was, it was fun. I've been looking forward to it all year. Mm-hmm. So there's um, a rumor afoot. It's not really a rumor. It's pretty true. Um, I guess Bad Fish is more focused on their business now. Mm-hmm. They're, yeah. they're doing that. They uh, bought, the, I think they bought Postfly. They bought Postfly, and they're doing the, the monthly Fish Fly box. subscription as well as they're doing like uh, conventional gear um, yeah. boxes. Mm-hmm. So they're really not into doing the tournament anymore. Well, I think they... Someone told me they relocated, so they're not in Charleston anymore. They're in Boston. Right. That's what I heard as well. And, you know, whether it's a lack of investment in the future that they know is not going to happen, they really didn't, like, pull off the tournament check-in very well this year. But um, there's talk of maybe... Flood tide taken over the helm of the tournament, so it would mm-hmm. you know be Taylor's ball and Taylor's cup under that flag. So That'd I look forward cool. to seeing how they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a good time, no doubt about it. Um, but uh, be interesting to see what kind of spin the boys at Flood Tide can put on that tournament. Mm-hmm. I think if if I had to recommend a spin on that tournament. I think you make it like three hours, and that's it. And it's like you go and it's the, the flutter bust. You don't fish low tide. So, so there. I guess I don't know how widely there is a controversy, but I guess there was some kind of uh, grumblings, hurt feelings yeah. report filed. Um, <laughs> that I guess whoever won the tournament. Show me on the doll where the winners touched you. They. <laughs> Fish somewhere that you know whoever came in behind them took exception to, and you know there was allegations that maybe there was a spinning rod in their boat, which I didn't see anywhere in the rules that said you had to only have fly rods in your boat. But you know that whole that whole gnashing of teeth and worrying about the fact that you came in, you know, second or third or fourth or fifth or whatever. You know what tournaments are fucking tournaments. It's like yeah. playing a lottery, you yeah. know, scratch off. You might win, you might not, and at the end of the day, whoever does win, walk up, shake the fucking dude's hand, and be like, damn, good job, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and be done with it. That's that's the one thing I don't like about tournaments is that... It brings out the like it, the bitter and the nasty. Yeah. And, you know, I only, I've, I've never fished the tournament before, and I've been going to this fucking event for yeah. years now. And the only reason I did it was because Bill wanted to do it. Bill yeah. was like, hey, let's fish the tournament. I was like, we can fish. And he was like, no, let's fish the tournament. I was like, I'd love to fish. <laughs> no, no, let's fish the tournament. And I'm like, well, if you want to pay for it, I'll do it. But other, otherwise, not really interested. So, you know, Bill paid the entry fees, and we did it. And, you know, in hindsight, hey, we got cool Yeti cup out of it and, you know, like mm-hmm. swag for, you know, yeah. the bag and all that. So, I mean, it, it's fun and it's cool in that way. But, like. At the check-in, 
I remember seeing the guy that won the tournament, like, standing around. And you could tell. Like, he kind of had that cocky, like, yep, I'm here because I know I won kind of deal. Were they in a green Ancona? I I don't know what kind of boat they were in. Was it the guys that we followed out of town? I think it's the guys we convoyed with to, like, Georgia. Yeah. Um, We just ended up being on the same road at the same time with another. We kind of briefly talked, like, windows down. And then later I saw who won. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's those guys. Yeah. They, they had a skiff like Mark's, just a little uh-huh. salt Dark green one. Yeah. Dark green. I guess they're from Jacksonville, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, they at least had black fly stickers on the back of their car. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, at the end of the day, it, it's the, there's certainly a little bit of skill involved in fly mm-hmm. fishing. But when it comes to tournament day, there's a hell of a lot of luck that plays there's into it. There's a lot it. of luck. And there's... And, and 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 to address your point, mm-hmm. most I believe all of the fish were caught on the low tide. Yeah, and that didn't work for for our team, right? Because our team is like team bankers hours, right? So we didn't get up super early. We weren't going out um, to do that. So we we were committed to fishing the flood, and it didn't I just, happen. I think it would be especially so be like if flood tide hosts it next year. Like, to just make it sure, no, we're going to fish the flood. And because the other thing, too, people rage, and rage is not probably the right word, but people get down pretty hard at the night before at the captain's meeting pre-party deal. Like, I'm sure it wouldn't hurt people's feelings to sleep in till Mm -hmm. 9 and start cruising flats at 10, fish till 2 or 3, and that kind of be it. And, like, maybe people want to fish all day. That's fine. Grind it out. It uh, may bring more people to table, too, because, I mean, if it were a three-hour endeavor, I would think about it a lot more than, like, some all-day yeah. grinded-out thing. Well, and then I feel like, and I, I could be wrong, like, I feel like if you know where to go on low tide, and then this is someone who doesn't know where to go on low tide, um, and you know, okay, if I go here, these fish are going to be here, and I'm just going to... These I'm fish gonna, are going to be stuck here. They're stuck mm-hmm. here. I'm going to fish. They're stuck and here. I'm, I'm going to fish in this barrel. Ones. I happen to know where the best and if barrel, this barrel is. This isn't great. I might move to the next barrel if I mm-hmm. can. And and you know that's the thing that I that's the element of the story that I had heard was that you know so and so knows that there's this creek and if you go up this creek it gets completely dry but if you keep sludging up this creek and you go around this dog leg then all of a sudden there's this big pocket of water and there's always redfish stuck back there yeah and it's like okay you know as an out of townie i don't know anything about that kind of stuff so yeah. like you know that's yeah. not even going to nowhere even in my realm of possibility so it makes the local guy have a little bit better knowledge yeah. or the guy from Jacksonville or wherever they're from knows somebody that says, Hey, everybody's going to be fishing all these in town creeks, but I know this Creek that's like 40 minutes North of here mm-hmm. that if you go up there, you're going to find a fucking pile of fish. Yeah. Is it really a tournament at that point? Or is it just like who happens to know where, the biggest bear more knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's more. And and at the end of the day, it's all supposed to be about fun. And I'll bet he had fun winning. Yeah, winning's um, fun. You know, winning's always fun. And I'm not even saying that that's what he did. It's just, right. you know, that's no, part, of the part of the swirling story that's going around. 
And I'll be honest with you, I saw the kid at the check-in, and he certainly didn't look the part of the posh, um, low country, mm-hmm. um, popped collar, you know, mm-hmm. kid. And I think there's probably a little bit of sore feelings about that. You know, probably. somebody comes in from out of town right. or happens to, you know, know mm-hmm. one of those sweet spots. Or is. just a out of town or all together. They yeah. Just knew he wasn't from there and like, damn, how did somebody mm-hmm. come here from Jacksonville and beat us at our own game? Right. You know? Right. So, yeah, of course they're going to be sour. Yeah. It's, it's funny. So, and I don't know how you'd exactly enforce the Which is why I 100% think that we continue doing stuff like the dinghy derby mm-hmm. where oh, yeah. there's no competition. It's right. just, yeah, it's just, hey, do you want to come out and have fun? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, all right, mm-hmm. sweet. Let's have fun. Yeah. Not, hey, you want to have fun and, oh, by the way, I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah. Because I'm better than you. Right. And like, and we run this every weekend. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, and that, it, they're, they're a lot to deal with. I've fished a couple of few. And, it, you know, big crowds and weigh-ins and check-ins and keeping track of somebody, you know, or of, of everybody is like... I mean, just doing... It's a job. Not my idea. Mm-hmm. Just doing the <laughs> RCI tournament this past August, like, there was two days of pre-fishing that we had to do. So mm-hmm. I had two days I needed to take off work to make sure we could pre-fish and feel like we had a game plan. The weather was nasty, all of them. The wind was blowing all of them. And it's, it's like a pressure you're throwing into the system. When you're like, if it wasn't like money and prizes on the line, I'd probably just be content to show up the day of the tournament and be like, all right, let's just go fish. Mm-hmm. But you probably would have had a better time fishing oh, heck without yeah. all that internal right. pressure. And it's, yeah, it's really funny. You've built up all that pressure over yeah. the couple mm-hmm. of days of pre fishing. And like the funny, fun part is the, the best moment was the one that got away. And we had this huge bull red. I was just wetting my fly, hanging over the side of the boat. This thing eats. And we had that 15-pound break tippet rule. And it happened so fast and ran so hard, I couldn't spin fast enough. And the pressure broke off. And we watched it swim away. And we're like, that was a big fish. Like That, that was, was a 40-inch redfish yeah. that ate three feet off the side of the boat, trolling in three feet of water that we couldn't even see. So, mm-hmm. personally, I feel like I won mm-hmm. the redfish cup. Okay. Because... We were the first team to check in. Well, and that's, oh, yeah, races are and, right. and even though our check in was, we got zero inches. First I was just happy board. that we were first in line mm-hmm. and got the fuck out of there. Well, like you that also, was that was a win for us. You were the guys to I'm, beat. I'm ready for a fucking shower. Right. I want to get out of here. Go well, get something to eat. And that's the funny part. And we showed up at, I think it was 4.30 was mm-hmm. what time you were supposed to check yeah. in. We didn't get to check in until like 5.20, 5.15, Yeah. And it was like, um, I showed up according to what time you said to show up. Like, check me yeah. in. And yeah. they weren't ready. And that was like, I was hangry. Yeah. You know, like, been on the water, fucking tired. So and that's the funny part. Now imagine you've got seventy-eight inches of fish under your belt, and you don't have the luxury of I'm going to go back and take a shower. You're like, no, I have to sit here and wait two more hours mm-hmm. for the rest of this check-in. 
to see if I'm as good as I think mm-hmm. I've got right oh, now. Oh, man. And the pressure of, okay, this guy comes in, and you start seeing that board to tell you, like, oh, gosh. What, what, I do remember that is it? all across town for, like, three seconds, Larry's team was the one to beat. <laughs> Dude, they just checked in. Dude. Those guys from Florida came early. Yeah. I don't think they got it. It's in the bag. So, um, is there is there anything that you guys can think of that I need to uh, investigate or look into or, or you know, okay. things I should not miss while I'm in Denver? I've thought of this, and I hope they listen to this podcast to do this. And I don't, I don't know if this is like... Casting a, Pond. You want, um, do, you want me to do some live, uh, mm-hmm. live I do. Yeah. Okay. I have heard rumor that someone is going to pick up the new whatever replaced the Scott Meridian or title, the Scepter or Spectre, I can't remember, new Scott Rod coming out, uh, um, that they intend to chuck it 100 feet into uh, the backing. Chuck the rod? The line. Oh, okay. Um, I'd like to see someone chuck a rod 100 feet just because uh-huh. I think that's the funniest thing to see at a trade show. Um, people would blow their dang minds. Um, <laughs> so I'm kind of, <clears throat> the whole casting pond cracks me up, the whole, and like I've never been to a fly fishing trade show, so I can't really speak from experience, but the thought of if I can throw this to something I'll never do in the real world, that makes this a good rod. Mm-hmm. Versus, um, I wonder how this 15-foot cast is when I see this redfish last <laughs> second dart out of a mangrove that I didn't see cruising the shoreline the whole time. And can I get that shot to work? How's it do it 25 feet? You don't look that cool doing that, though, man. No, but I bet to the right person, you actually do look pretty cool because <laughs> you're like, oh, this guy knows what's up. Okay, um, so so to that end, and I, I kind of agree with you. Um, Scott just came out with the latest and greatest. Mm-hmm. Um, put it in the same guy's hand that sucked last year with the Meridian. He's still going to suck again this year. Yeah. Because he only, he only casts... Three times a year. Yeah. He's not committed to it any other time. He goes on a trip. He pulls out his... He's got the... His version of um, life isn't two power poles and a Simrad and all that. It's having that most expensive fly rod, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But it still doesn't make him any better. Right. Um, And to that end, I noticed that Cortland just came out with... The Redfish Taper. The Redfish Taper. And, and all I that ha- hey bro haze. And I mm-hmm. have to say, I find it super funny how many different and it's not just it's not just Cortland. All of the fly line manufacturers have so many di- and when they say this is a redfish taper or this is the bonefish taper, did anybody send the fucking fish the memo? Like, you know, like, <laughs> are you only supposed to eat flies that are delivered via mm-hmm. the redfish taper? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean. Well, that's when you go back to the lodge with the skunk, with the skunk set. Uh-huh. You can be like, brought the wrong taper, dude. Brought I the wrong it. taper. And like, why does no one have snook taper? Ooh. Dude. I love catching snook. I bet my, I get snub-nosed by snook a lot. So what it is is. No it's one's a, throwing a snook taper, and they they know it. Twenty foot fly line. Twenty foot fly line. Clear green. No, <laughs> I want it. 
I want it like lime green, mm-hmm. dulled lime green, whatever color that shakes out to in the animal kingdom, mm-hmm. color with green, one black line right down the middle. No, Cabrini green. Cabrini green. Right. <laughs> I want Cabrini green fly line <laughs> with a snook taper. Mm-hmm. So somebody get on it. Hook so, me up. So I guess the main goal of that redfish taper is uh-huh. for anglers to perceive that it's what they need to catch a redfish mm-hmm. versus really yeah more so what it does and so i think where i got i distracted myself um <laughs> I what, I, myself. what i want to say is i want to know who copper plated sixes is Oh yeah. So okay. And, so more I'm so sure than he that, he wants to hide mo- behind a net. Anonymity. Yes. So more so than who is copper plated sixes. Who really finds and makes the comments first? Yeah. Copper plated sixes mm-hmm. or FFBI? Because FFBI a race has been to the finish, and they are on top of memers, it. dude. Just a couple memers out here. I want to get them... Meme lords. Here's, here's what I want to... Oh, God. Don't even get me started on fly lords. Yeah, why not? Um, I think for like a month, that thing was pretty cool. What's they, that? Fly lords. Yeah. They interviewed some cool people. They did some cool things. And now it was... What article did I just see that was like... Oh, the 10 best vacuum water bottles. <laughs> it was an article. Mm-hmm. Where they rated ten of them on price, mm-hmm. comfort, mm. and usability, basically to say we like the Yeti one. The Hydro Flask is cool. Mm-hmm. These other ones are pretty great too. Take whichever one makes you happy. I'm like, you, they're just creating, are out of they're just creating content, man. Yeah, hey bro, um, hey, you know so what I need? Strong I want to get yeah. We I need want, to do like what cut of steak is best and get somebody to like send us. 10 like wonderful yeah. steaks and then we eat them all and say hey it's up to you yeah exactly <laughs> we like personal preference these, i guess all of them mm-hmm. but whatever mm-hmm. but i'd like to get i'd like to find out i don't know if they want to reveal themselves but who like i want them all sitting in a room and i want them to call in and give us their debrief of ifdd2 so, so if you're listening <laughs> Figure out how to get with Larry, ransom note style. Mm-hmm. Let's let's make something happen. So, it's in Denver mm-hmm. this year. For the last four years, it was they had hitched their wagon to um, ICAST. So, Kevin Finn and Chris Peterson, mm-hmm. Hal, yep. all took skiffs to IFTD slash ICAST. Over the last four years. I bet they'll still go to ICAST. I looked at the vendor map mm-hmm. and listing of where everybody's booths are, and I don't see any of those guys. Road Drift Boats is going to be there. Oh, like at it, IFTD. They're, yeah. The, yeah. Everybody else is going to be at ICAST so still. here's the thing, though. Um, outside of fuel and some hotels, it can't be that much more to take your skiff out to Denver versus here. I mean, there, I mean there's more costs, obviously. Someone man up and go do it. Mm-hmm. I think it's too late now. It's either you well, signed up or you No, I, I agree. But um, I mean, next year. 
my my what he's got next year. My big uh, my big goal is to get in town and get settled in. Go to the Drake mm-hmm. Video Awards. Yep, mm-hmm. that's uh, Those high are on good. my list. Yeah. Um, hit the show floor, check out, see what's going on. Uh, any new reels is really what you know. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a real geek. Um, I can't imagine, you know, there's any real big new thing of a bobbers or anything like that mm-hmm. that I need to see. So just like I've always said, IFTD is going to be a great opportunity to catch up with old friends. I've mm-hmm. already started seeing and getting messages from people that are like, hey, are you going to be in Denver? Yep. Cool. Let's have a beer. So by the number of DMs that I've answered, yep, let's have a beer. I should be really fucking drunk for about three <laughs> days. So I'm looking forward to it. And uh, get to go fish uh, with Ben on Saturday. Nice. So um, I think he's taking us nymphing. Oh, God. Which is, hmm. But it's the time of year. It is what it is. Um, But I think that the float that we're doing, if I reckon I recall correctly, it's through a section of the river that he refers to, or people out there refer to as Jurassic Park. Um, so there's like legit shots at getting some like fucking huge trout. That's cool. So uh, with any luck, I'll stumble into one and get to uh, get a hero shot. If not, I'll be brushed up and ready to go on a skunk set photo. No, oh, there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ben's good at him. Mm-hmm. He'll get you in the right light. <laughs> Well, uh, I think uh, we're well into it uh, to have made it worth your while if you're sitting in a cubicle. And don't forget, if you have any interest in getting one of those fantastic machines that turns wood into fine dining experiences, the Traeger Grill, taylortrash.com forward slash Traeger. And we'll get you hooked up. Until the next time, we'll be back to talk about IFTD and see you soon. Nymph Labs matter. <laughs> <laughs>